Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. All right. Hey, everybody. What is going on? Welcome back to the Talking Comics podcast. It's Wednesday, May 11th, 2022. You're listening to episode number 546. I am your host, Steve Say, and joining me for this week's show are Mr. Bob Ryer. Welcome to the podcast of madness. Oh, yeah. Joey Bertino was here. WandaVision. Near, 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 John Burkle. Hey, Joey, how'd that popcorn taste? Tasted like shit. <laughs> <laughs> did you end up getting the like Tesseract no, or whatever? I that did not thing get the was? Tesseract. I, but when I showed up at three thirty at my movie, there was a bunch of teenagers dressed out of school, and they saw that Tesseract thing and they lost their minds and <laughs> got it. They were in a different showing though. I don't know where they were. Um, but I was just like, now let me have to buy to get one of those. It was twenty five dollars. Oh, wow! Yeah. I think it was Whoa. refillable. I think it was refillable. Um, I would hope so. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I did not get it. It was. It was my popcorn was filled with shit because a bunch of crazy things happened in that movie <laughs> that we'll talk about. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> my popcorn. I gotta say, my popcorn was amazing. We got to the concessions counter. And my dude behind the counter started complimenting my outfit of all things and then complimented Bronwyn's outfit and was just the cheeriest person that I've come across probably in two and a half years. Yeah. And he was like, what can I get for you? What can I get for you? And we're like, I would like my popcorn layered. He layered that popcorn like his life depended on it. It was delicious. <laughs> I loved it. He really... Like I would go back to that theater. I want to know what his his shift is, because I wanna I want to see him again. My my popcorn doctor. See, my popcorn and- was left over from the night before. Yeah, I got nachos. Uh, I don't know what y'all are talking about. <laughs> see, my my little local theater, the butter station or the butter flavored station is off to the side. You do it yourself, so you just have to ask. Hey, can you just fill that halfway up so I can? butter the middle and shake it around to get the butter on the bottom and you salt it yourself and a a medium popcorn's three dollars and 75 cents get out of here that's that's not that's real not real well i'm looking at i saw it again on sunday and i'm looking at my matinee ticket which was five dollars get out dolby, where, where are you going to the dolby, movies in dolby surround with stadium seating where are you going to the movies the Saville cinema Their, their movies are that cheap, matinees, 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 matinees. Yeah, okay, so I saw it Thursday with our, our founder, Bobby Shortle. It was $8. Thursday night, Whoa. 7.30. Thursday night was 8 bucks. 8 bucks. Wow. 
Wow. Our tickets yeah, are, I think, $14, but I'm an AMC A-list Yo. member, so oh, I don't know. There you go. A-list. Eighteen fifty a pop Oof. for each ticket. Wow. How much was this layered popcorn? This house. I didn't even. Cheery, that guy he was just, so cheery because he, he was gave, about to charge you thirty dollars for popcorn. <laughs> he, he gave me the total, and I blacked out, <laughs> and then I just shut my eyes, and like I woke up, and I was sitting in my seat. I don't even remember putting my debit card on the thing. Uh, anyway, I had, the people I had that happen, about Doctor Strange, on. not our popcorn. I had that happen at uh, it was my friend uh, Dawn and Ed. Dawn's been on our show. We saw Halloween at the AMC mm-hmm. Stony Brook. It's the best theater around here at a certain level, right? Every screen is brand new. They do 4D. They do the whole thing. Really lovely presentation. It's great. They bought the ticket, so I figured I'd, I'd spring for the popcorn. I had to pull out my American Express card because like three three popcorns and two kids things were like 50 bucks. It's like, I should have bought the tickets. <laughs> That's why you never leave home without it. Yeah. Uh, before we get to the rest of this business, let me ask a question. Joey, you brought up nachos. I got to know something. When they gave you these nachos, was the cheese like heated and melted onto them or did they give you like the cheese sauce? It it was heated, but it was the container. Okay. Because our theater, I decided to get nachos one time. I will never do it again. Okay, nachos are not uh, like nachos are not endemic to Canada. That's why. (laughs) There's nothing worse than ordering nachos and finding out that this place's idea of nachos is to like bake the cheese onto the chips. Yeah, it's poutine. Because yeah, yeah, or ziti. It's it's poutine. It's not, but like not chips instead of fries. Dude, you pick up one chip, you get like thing, nine yeah. others, yeah. and they're all covered in this like half charred spider web of do they, cheese. Do they call it nachos? <laughs> it's, a, wow. it's a it's a process to make these nachos. How long will you hold on to that one? <laughs> nachos, eh? Nacho, yeah. Process. Is this a, is this a <laughs> you know, I don't really hear – I don't hear the A as much as you would think. Hey, I got to tell you, Steve. Definitely a regional thing. In the last 10 years that you and I have been just listening to each other talk, I've heard your voice change. Really? Yeah. What? How? Yeah. Like, like, like what I just said, the process thing. I've heard you start like, – yeah. you've shifted to doing that. Like those, those – What did I do? You say process instead of process. The process. Like we say here in the States. Oh, that's because Bronwyn got in my head about it. I know one that's time, what I'm like saying. Like three years have, ago, your, your language has your language has shifted a little bit. Okay, but I was up. doing yeah. I was doing narration <laughs> for my animation series thing, and like I've changed the way that I say process or process at least four times. Yeah, but I've heard it. I've heard the shift. By the way, uh, there was a brand new episode of that joint uh, for Who Framed Roger Rabbit up on the Joe Blow Originals channel. Uh, it's my biggest video yet. People are people are loving it. So please it go and check it out because I just left one of my other gigs for that job and I need the money. So <laughs> go and <laughs> support support my my bullshit over on Joe Blow. <laughs> Um, it's honestly though, like it's a really good one. It's it's my last video with uh, Jasmine. She's uh, going off to do a college project that is going to eat up her time, and I am being assigned to a new video editor. So I don't know what's going to happen from this point out. But uh, the Who Framed Roger Rabbit one's really good. 
cool. So, yeah. Hey, Steve, while we're on the popcorn and snacks subject, uh, I'll briefly <laughs> Jesus just... Jesus Christ. Uh, People are going to be on. like, where Steve, is Dr. Strange? <laughs> we're getting there. Steve, did you ever go to the Cinema Arts in Huntington? Oh, of course. Okay. In this, Joey, you ever go over that way? No. Okay. They're concession stand first of all it's the only one on long island that still they just they just reopened after the pandemic restructured mm-hmm. the whole place it is actual butter on the popcorn oh yep you yep. can get soup <laughs> you can get blondies from the local uh fancy schmancy bakery get an espresso i've seen i've seen three movies there while living on the island i saw spirited away howl's moving castle and Pan's Labyrinth uh, at the Cinema Arts Center. I oh boy, I could tell you stories. Got to see Last Picture Show with Peter Bogdanovich. Nice introducing it. And he signed my book for me and said some very nice things. Got to see Tippi Hedren as an as a Turner Movie Classics event. Saw so many. Saw Prince of Everything. Favorite memory might be sort of goofy. Faust, the silent movie, with a oh seriously cool with a live soundtrack played by a keyboard mm-hmm. player and Pamelia Kirsten, the world's greatest theremin player doing a live soundtrack there was an homage to that very movie in one of the comics that i read this <gasps> week Ooh, yeah cool uh bloodstained teeth the new christian ward uh joint it's uh quite good but we'll talk more about that later uh finally 12 minutes <laughs> here's, a, here's a show rundown for you uh you know that we're going to talk about comics Uh, We are obviously going to talk about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. There will eventually be spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, go and see the movie and come back when we get to that portion of the show. Or if you've already seen it or don't care, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Beyond that, we're going to talk about the Moon Knight finale. Uh, Go back to some Disney Plus stuff. Uh, We have a couple of news items. Uh, One that I forgot to add to the outline um, I'm gonna have to remember that. <laughs> All right. Um, beyond that, I th- that's it, right? Uh, I think John has some words that I will. Join oh yes, to. yes, yes. Well, yeah. We usually we usually bring bring the mood down real good uh, toward the end of the show. We have a habit of doing that. Uh, one final thing I will say before we move on is um, Aaron is obviously not here with us uh, this episode. He is going to be taking a little bit of family time. There's some stuff uh, coming up. He is needed, and I just want him to hear that we love him, support him, and that we will miss him. He's going to take a couple of episodes off and then come back when uh, all is good and just sending out some love and positive vibes his way. There's uh... All right, let's move on. Um, books. We're doing it right away. Uh, John. Damn, two weeks in a row. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Break them in. Right. <laughs> um, I, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to read a bunch, but I did read all of uh, DC versus Vampire. So this is DC. Vampire, yes, number one through six. James Tynan. Matthew Rosenberg, writers, Otto Schmidt with a little Simone DeMeo thrown in in issues five and six on art. Mm -hmm. For centuries, the vampires and humans fed an uneasy peace. That is until the death of Mary, Queen of Blood, who was murdered by a new mysterious leader of the vampire nation who wants nothing less than genocide of the human race. 
This book opens with Andrew Andrew Bennett, the Eye Vampire, trying oh. to reach the Justice League. Uh, he's got to tell them that the Legion of Doom has been attacked. Some of them have been turned. The new vampire overlord is targeting villains because they disappear for long periods of time. So people might not notice that they are vampires. You got a couple twists right out of the gates. You got Batman <laughs> and the Bat family on the case. And it, this this felt like this was going to be a Batman centric book. But then you get Green Arrow and the Green Arrow family also on the case. This book just keeps escalating and escalating. You got the Legion of Doom. You got the JLA. Suicide Squad drops in. And then you finally, halfway through, this is a 12-issue maxi series. You get a cool reveal of who this new new vampire leader is. And oh. everything changes. Schmidt's art is amazing. And then just to have Simone DeMeo doing some Suicide Squad in number five and six... It's bloody violent. It is awesome. This is exactly what I needed in a maxi series, something that's not connected to the broader DC universe. It's got all the sensibilities of these characters in a great story. If you are looking for something fun and easy to digest, DC versus vampires is awesome. And that's it. Hell yeah. Mm. Is, 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 is the new leader of the vampires ambush bug? Don't Bob, say who it is. Bob, how dare you? <laughs> I ruined it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am not going to spoil anything because when you find out, it is a gut punch. Oh, man. I haven't read the final issue yet, but I've read one through five. I love this series I am so much. I this. Like, I, yeah, like 100% support everything you said. It's also really funny. Mm-hmm. Like, in addition to all the kind of nail-biting stuff and, like, the great reveals and who's infected and who's not, like, all of that stuff of it is really cool. But it is definitely peppered with a lot of that, like, it's Tom Taylor, right? No, it's uh, Tinian and oh. Rosenberg. But it's got so much. Really? Yeah, it's got so much snark and just no, you're backhandedness. The, the Tom Taylor vibes because Tom Taylor did DC East. Yes. Yeah, but like it, it feel it. It reads like a Taylor yeah, no, book it, a little bit. It has a feel. Like it's 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 very much at home with kind of like Tom okay. is doing that Knights of Steel, which is that medieval kind of fantasy book. I gotta, I'll be honest, like too, I Tynan's not a creator that I associate with laughs. Like I kind of go to him for like a bit of darkness Did you in my story. Backstagers. <laughs> yes, I read backstage, but that was a long time ago. Um, I think Rosenberg's doing a lot of the writing here too, though. Yeah. Is how much of this is on DC Infinite Universe Plus? I think the first issue <laughs> just got released on that. Oh, all right. I'll get back to you in six months. <laughs> we'll talk to you in September, Joey. Yeah, I'll, I'll see you in September with uh, my take on DC vampires. <laughs> it's it's so good. It's so much fun. I've been I, I haven't read six yet, but I've been reading this issue to issue and every one of them has been a blast. It's been like the book that I hold on to for when I just need mm-hmm. like some dopamine and I, cause I know it's going to be funny. I know it's going to be good, but it's also going to be really riveting. Yeah. And like you said, the Otto Schmidt uh, art is spectacular yeah. and I can't wait to find out who's oh, the source when, of all this when stuff. You, when you find out, you, you give me a little, a little message because am, it, it, it's, it is. It, am I going to know who they are? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. It's cause sometimes Johnny I some it's Johnny DC, right? Damn it, Bob. I'm just saying. 
like DC has a habit of being like bum 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 like here's the big final page reveal we'll see you next time kids and I'm just like who the hell is that nope nope <laughs> did nope, you read nope. Justice League 75 and Dark Crisis Zero because that was no a, that was you know who tough. Pariah is it's Pariah <laughs> no I don't know I don't know I don't know where I'm at with some of my superhero books lately y'all were talking about X-Men last week and had me thinking about going back to it. I'd gotten off the train. I beat the dragon. Mm. And you guys are like, come on back, man. It's getting good Just, again. You know, here's a little taste. There's this really cool, like, Thunderbolt book or whatever Wait, the man. hell it was coming out. Did you not read Immortal X-Men, Steve? Nope. Oh, nope. Steven. It's <sighs> nope. narrated by Mr. Sinister. It is, oh, no. it is so good. Oh, no. Joey, back me up on that one. Did you know that that X-Men book came out like a month and a half ago? Yeah. And the next one is coming out at the end of May. No. It's like May May 26th or something is the next issue. Oh. Oh, well. (laughs) It does not bode well. Come on. It does not bode well for the future of this. All right. (laughs) I'm sure they'll figure it out. Oh, all right. Uh, Bob, are you ready? Sure. <laughs> Some cool stuff going on in Saga number 58 by Fiona Staples and Brian K. Vaughan. There's a lot of being big as part of a meet cute that might bring her some new insight. And Hazel joins a band. <laughs> but, and it might be a big but, there's also some troubling information about a character we were just starting to trust. And as Hazel mm. puts it, the effing worst was yet to come, though she said the F word. Mm. And that's, that's in the form of a new cleanup mission for Special Agent Gale, who's been, well, busy since we last saw him, which was back in issue number 22. And yeah, mm. I, I did have to look that up. I didn't remember. I knew it was a long time. Here's the thing. Reading Saga again, my biggest takeaway just from this issue and all the ones uh, since the relaunch, I hadn't realized how much I missed it since it's back. Yeah, I had the same thought the other night. I read it last night. Yeah, it's just such a great book, and we're, it's it's in our Hall of Fame, right, as, as it well should be. Yes. Uh, the Rocketeer, The Great Race Number 2, written and drawn by Stephen Mooney, colors by Len O'Grady, letters by Sean Lee. And for the most part, it was a quite enjoyable setting up issue, introduced us to some new characters who are participating in this great aerial race. Two in particular of special interest, as they seem to have designs on the, well, design of the professor's plane, who I still say is Nikola Tessa, but that's, I guess, for another day. (laughs) Story and art by Mr. Mooney are fine. I was kind of surprised by a few things, one being a stereotype thrown in as a comedic beat, which I suppose I could dismiss as self-deprecating, but still. Uh, Also, two uses of language I found jarring, especially considering Mr. Mooney's uh, attention to detail, on, on the period things in his artwork. With a book set in the late 30s, hearing Cliff Secord exclaim, you bet your sweet bibby, which is a phrase coined on the TV show Ron Martin's Laughing in 1968. Well, that was pretty jarring. And later on in the book, a reporter uses the title Ms., which although first used in the late 50s, didn't enter the vernacular until the 70s. Maybe oh. Yeah, maybe I'm just being cranky, but one of the greatest strengths about any iteration of the Rocketeer since Dave Stevens brought to life has been how faithful has been to those little details. So there you go. 
someone needed a calendar. Yeah. Speaking of, of Dave Stevens, by the way, each issue has, here has a chapter of a wonderfully in-depth oral history of the Rocketeer that is well worth the $4 each issue is just on that. Now, John, this is on you. Oh, no. Because of your Justice League review, I picked up the free comic book day Dark Crisis book just to see, you know, what, what was going on, you know. Uh, this is an intro story by Joshua Williams, and uh, there, he does most of this and diverse hands on the artworks and, and features. Uh, all of it reminding why I have event fatigue, growing <laughs> particularly weary of DC's seemingly infinite reboots. What I can say, look, if you're enjoying this, more power to you. It's just not for me anymore. It's just, just too much of this. Uh, quick side note, though, speaking of me being cranky, uh, there's a two-pager showing various Justice League's rosters of the various eras. And because I'm a convention, the original group has some errors. Um, in each panel, they've been drawn to kind of replicate the artist from that era in question. And while I've done okay with a Gil Kane Green Lantern, an Andrew Esposito Wonder Woman, and an Infantino Flash... I'll give DC a pass on what might be either a, a Shelley Moldoff or Murphy Anderson, John Jones. I'm sorry. Use it, using a 50s Dick Sprang or Moldoff Batman and a Joe Schuster Superman from the 30s is just, does, does someone go into their library? You talk about having a calendar, Steve. Does someone look at these things? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I know nobody cares, but I do. And I'm done. I'm finished. I'm, I'm sad. Oh. So I also read the Dark Crisis number zero. Okay. Was it number one? And I felt very similar. I, I, as you know from last week's show, Aaron and John had many very nuanced things. We'll put it that way to say yes. about seventy five. And me going in pretty blind to everything and just kind of there for the ride. I was like, that was cool. Let's see what happens. And I'm reading number zero. And I'm like, okay, I'm into this like world without world without Justice League. Like, who would step in? I really kind of enjoyed some of that dialogue. Conspicuously absent, though, and I couldn't remember from '75. Where was Naomi? She wasn't with them. She wasn't with them, right? On no. the in the in the fight. So when the Flash was walking around in Number Zero, being like, "Who's going to step Ooh. in to be the Justice League?" I was like, "Where's Naomi? She is not in any of these pictures. She's not nope. in any of these like shots." And I was like, "This was my Wait. concern." She I'm, was with she was with the Flash and and uh, John. I know in seventy five. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. So <laughs> I'm reading number zero, and I'm like, okay, like let's have Naomi. And this is what this is what I said last week when we were talking about Bendis leaving Justice League stuff. Naomi was really kind of Bendis was her kind of usher into that mm -hmm. Justice League, and now that he's gone and it's in Williamson's hands, Naomi's gone. And I, I just, I wonder what happens to that character because I was reading number zero and they were talking about like, who's going to step up. And they had this big panorama splash of all these young teen Titans and young justice Ooh. characters and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't see Naomi. And Bob, did, am I right? I can't no, recall. I, there's, I thought was initially, but when I scanned across the thing, it's Nubia standing there with, with Yara floor. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I'm mad about that because I love Naomi and I'm reading her book and it's fantastic. And given kind of the elevated profile that Bendis tried to give her through that Justice League run, I was surprised to see her absent from number zero. Um, 
I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. I, I, as we get closer to dark crisis, number one, I have not made a decision yet as to whether I will be following <laughs> along. Um, to be honest, given the reaction from the crowd, maybe I will be the, uh, the tester for dark crisis number, the dark crisis <laughs> event over the summer, um, <laughs> as I have been in the past as well. So, so, so we'll see, but I, I enjoyed it. Um, I just, <laughs> if they, if they drop my girl, Naomi, I would be mad. My litmus test is if it's pull in my pull box, I'll buy it. <laughs> if they don't pull it for me, I'm going to pass. <laughs> Roll the dice. Yes. It's a 50, 50. <laughs> We, we oh, do man. have Joe the Green Lantern in one little teeny image. Oh, no, Aaron's going to be so pissed. Uh-huh. <laughs> he may have to buy this one. No, he won't buy it just for that reason. He Aww. thinks no one should touch. He thinks no one should touch her, and he's right. Oh boy. Also, this is when I will talk about my thing here. I was free comic book day, as we all know. I don't have a comic book shop. <laughs> no matter how many, every May first weekend rolls around, my mother sends me the text message. It's like, hey, how to celebrate free comic book day. And I'm like, Ma, I swear to God, how many times <laughs> I got to tell you, I don't have a shop. But anyway, I was thinking like, I was hoping that, especially after the pandemic, they would they would put those books online, right? On Comixology or on the apps or something. Nothing, nothing. Only the DC Dark Crisis one, and their like Galaxy Brightest Star graphic novel preview. There was a, I think a couple other companies had like their free comic book day mm-hmm. up digitally. Marvel's wasn't, you know, Image I don't think was up either. And I was just like, I, uh, this sucks. This sucks for me because I don't have access to any of these books. And then trying to search for free comic book day on Comicsology was a nightmare to begin with. Um, I couldn't find anything except for old stuff. It was just it's it was a nightmare. And then I was clicking around and I discovered that my Kindle app on my iPad, which I have to like read books and my comiXology app, which I have to read my comics. It's the same library on Kindle. All of my comics that I've bought on comiXology have just uploaded into my Kindle app. Oh, cause they're Amazon linked. And I'm like, this is yeah. stupid. This is stupid. So you have why do I have the comiXology app? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Granted, of course on my comiXology app, I can't read my books, but like, why do I have my Comicsology app at all? If all of the comics I buy on Amazon Comicsology is just going to get pumped into my Kindle app. I was ready to find a way to light Comicsology on fire. Uh, <laughs> like about a week and a half ago, it took me two whole days to figure out how to delete comics from my uh, device like granted it ended up being that I needed an update, but I have automatic updates set. So not only did the update not come through, but actually having to like refresh where you get it, where you get the update and have it go through and rebuild your library and erase like everything that I had keeping track of everything that I was reading. Um, and yeah, and then so then I just didn't have any books on the on the thing at all. Yeah, <laughs> when it was done doing what it was doing, and I was just like, "Well, that's great. That's, a that's great." Um, anyway, yeah, it's you know, Saga Fifty. I know we. <laughs> yep, Saga Fifty Eight was a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's um, it's one of those. It was like I think the 
the dentist issue that we've mm-hmm. gotten since it came back, like setting up a lot of things and kind of making you, or at least me realizing like the state that they're in. Um, I love that moment with, um, with little robot playing the drums. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was machine, fantastic. Literally. <laughs> it was, yeah, but it was nice. Like not only was it cool, but it was nice to see him actually enjoy something. Cause he has not been enjoying life since we came no, back to this, this series. He has been, in a really, really bad place. And to see him just like rip up onto those drums and, and get his feelings out. I, I really connected with that moment. I thought that was very cool. I got a bad um, feeling about that little robot. <laughs> I, yeah. I got, a, I have a bad feeling. Well, they're, they're promising some bad feelings about a couple of characters. I got now. the only person I don't have bad feelings about, I guess is Hazel, but even that is like, who knows? But I, I just, that little robot is so adorable. I'm like that. I, that's going somewhere, and I'm not going to enjoy it when it happens. Yeah. I could see him snapping one, that, one issue or something. Either that or the, those other robot royalty roll up, and some nonsense happens there. Or a little robot bites the dust. So I, I, I love any of those paths. I'm upset about. <laughs> I love. I love that the uh, the emperor is like an OLED flat I w- screen. I was just yeah. gonna say that <laughs> she's like a sixty inch flat screen. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I cracked up. I, when I saw that. Was I was unexpectedly shook by the cliffhanger. Yeah, and big time. And to your point from before, Steve, it's like you forget how forget how much you care about this series mm-hmm. especially being away from it for so long like and we're only three issues into the three or four issues into the the second era or whatever and even though we haven't seen those characters in a while rushed emotions just rushed back yeah. to my mm-hmm. to my face when that when that last page <laughs> hit and i was like no <laughs> so we'll see we'll see what happens yeah, it's amazing how things are starting to kind of come back around. And they're still teasing. They're still playing around with uh, with Marco. I'm telling you. They're not. Dude. I don't know I that know. it's the last we've seen of him. <laughs> I know. I'm I holding know. out hope, man. I know, I know. I'm like, I'm picturing some final act sorcery going on. And there's like, you want, you want one of those nice uh, Fiona Staples splash pages. Marco's re-entry into the saga will be the reunion page is going to be epic. Did you notice she's getting top billing? Yeah. Yes. Fiona Staples, then Brian K. Vaughn. I like that. Brian K. Vaughn totally concedes that series to Fiona yeah. Staples he's, every chance he gets. He's also been doing that a lot with yeah. a lot of his recent work. I like it's that. A very cool, it's a very cool habit. Mm-hmm. I respect it. I James too. Tynan, too, does that a lot. And chip, um, but yeah, Bob, as you were saying, the saga saga fifty eight is it's nice to have it back. I, I really didn't. It's funny that I said the exact same thing to myself when I was reading it the other night, where I just I, it ended and I was just like no, and then I look oh, it's <laughs> realizing how much I, I I love it in my life back in <laughs> our hands once again. Only only three yes. years, right? Was it three? Yeah, it was three years. Three years of a six-month hiatus, you know, sure. <laughs> Granted, there was a pandemic in there. That's true. It's better than uh, George R. Martin, who was going to write a book 12 years ago. <laughs> I still think it's awesome that Fiona was working on this. Not maybe not the whole time, but at least like stayed off the radar 
for those years and then she's back. Do you think and her 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 skills have improved and and all of that stuff. Do you think she's banked a bunch of issues? Oh yeah. I would hope so cuz I, I think so. this is going for another like another 56 issues at least. Yeah. I hope so too. So, yeah. and it's still $2.99. They go by yeah. fast. I mean, she has to be What's that? Her panel layouts are wonderful, but the book mm-hmm. is the book reads quick. Yeah. They are, they, yes, they use a lot of realism, which is great because her her style is so detailed that it, it needs that space, but she's not doing nine panel spreads, you know. Um it's not, a, it's not, it, 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 they read quick, which I mean, just encourages me to reread and reread and reread. But that thing she was running from was pretty gnarly yeah. at the beginning yeah. of the issue. I'm waving my arms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Joey, yeah. what have you got for us? I got, I got nothing for you. I, I read uh, Dark Crisis number zero. I read uh, Twig number one, which you're going to talk about, Steve. I've been reading some yeah. more Moon Knight. Um, been reading some more Supergirl, but in terms of bringing to the show, I, I didn't have much to, to like stuff that I wanted to talk about just yet. But this past weekend, I did watch a couple things um, show adjacent. I, I caught up on the entirety of Star Trek Picard, which just finished last week. Um, season two of Star Trek Picard. Uh, this one was about Picard and his uh, his 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 buddies um, getting punted back to 2024 Los Angeles mm-hmm. and in an alternate reality created by Q as an ultimate final test for Picard. It's crazy. And it was wild and it was wild seeing Star Trek's kind of like commentary on the 2020s. Um, Whoopi Goldberg's in it as, as Guinan, 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 Guinan. I think it's Guinan. 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 Yeah. And Brent Spiner's back as another whatever character, uh, you know, um, I love it. I love Picard. I think it's a really great show. Um, the alternate reality stuff was very cool, very meaningful. A couple of storylines, the story threads were a little loose and uh, probably unnecessary, but they tried to fit every character in. Um, but by season's end, I think they really stuck the landing with that. So if you if you haven't caught up with Star Trek Picard, the season is over. Season three, they're doing already, and a lot of the new generation cast, I believe, is returning for that that season. I don't know if it's going to be the last season, but it, um, it is. Yeah, so so they're going to expect a lot of reunions in that one. Um, also, this week, uh, off of the heels of the finale of Picard, was the first episode of Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, which we've all been waiting for here on the show. Um, this is spinning out of Discovery, but also kind of spinning out of the original series in a lot of ways. Um, this is captain Christopher Pike portrayed by, um, Anson Mount, um, who you may know from the, uh, ABC's inhumans. Um, but he's much better here as uh, captain Christopher <laughs> Pike. Um, and the crew of the starship USS enterprise during the 23rd century, about a decade prior to the storyline of the original series. Um, so this brings back Ethan Peck as Spock, Rebecca Romaine as number one, um, Celia Rose Gooding joins as Uhura, and Christina Chong joins as La'an Nunyan Singh, um, and that's a very interesting family name for yeah. fans of the series. Um, episode, one, episode one gets Pike back into the captain chair reluctantly after things he learned about his future in Discovery, um, 
Pike has to go investigate a first contact mission gone wrong that was captained by number one. So it's equal parts like what the hell is happening and equal parts rescue mission. Um, they go to a planet called Kylie 279, which is like on the verge of civil war and very much like Earth. Again, a lot of this past year of Star Trek has been all about like, oh, look at Earth in the 2020s. That sucked. <laughs> Isn't it nice that we live in this utopian future? And actually, Strange New Worlds episode one, like uses, well, I won't get into it, but like uses where we are now as a major plot point yes. in the future. Yeah. So, um, and, I, and I, I really enjoyed it. I thought the first episode was, was really wonderful. Um, I love the, it is at once throwing back to that original series, but of course bringing in that, that aesthetic that I think has made discovery so popular as well. Um, I love the cast. I, I, I think it's really wonderful. The the hospital staff, which I didn't really get into, the sick bay staff I didn't really get into, but they're awesome too. I'm really eager to see how this this series develops over the course of the season. And um I hope I hope it runs for a long time. This is the eleventh Star Trek TV show. Um and it's spinning out of Discovery and obviously Picard too. And I I've like I said, as I've been talking about Star Trek over the last couple of months. This is my entry point to Star Trek, and I'm in love with all of it, and I'm really glad that I have it. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I've been up to. I also binged all of WandaVision last Wednesday, and I watched Doctor Strange, the first movie, so I've just been watching a lot of stuff in addition to reading. Couldn't figure out what to read for Wanda and Doctor Strange, so I went back and read Vengeance from Joe Casey, and um, who did the art on that? Oh. I can't remember. I'll have to look it up. But that's like America Chavez's like debut when she debuted in that book. And uh, that America is very different from <laughs> the America that we all know and love. Mm. Um, but that series is that series is wild. That's all on Marvel Unlimited. That series is crazy because it feels like a book from 2003, like peak Grant Morrison era stuff. But it's from 2011. So it was kind of weird reading it um, in terms of its style and its aesthetic and everything. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been up to. All right. Uh, I know a few others have watched the star Trek. So why don't you take it away? John, you want to go first or. Oh no, I, I loved it. I, I'm with Joey. I, I, I've, I've loved all these Paramount plus star Trek shows. This one has the potential to be the best of them all. It's got that original series feel with a modern aesthetic. I, I, I wanted, I wanted all the season right now, but I'm, I gotta, we gotta pace ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Is it six uh, episodes? I think it's only six. It's 10. 10. Okay. That's good. 10 is yeah. good. 10 is good. And, good. and very off this first one, very self-contained, which is refreshing in this day. I think that's the plan. Television. I think that's the plan. And, and it does have, <sighs> The new aesthetic, it does look new, but that's the old technology yes. shot in a new way. And that re- that really made me very, very happy. It is, if it stays at this quality level, this could this stands a chance of being my second favorite Trek iteration of all of them. Just love what they did here. Love the idea of the Christopher Pike, who it, it had me going right back to watch the two part of the Menagerie, which yeah. used the parts of the original pilot with Jeffrey Hunter that he now sees his future. And how does that impact your decision-making? Am I too cautious or too reckless? Jeffrey Hunter was a very thinking captain. Maybe it was a little too cerebral, which is why NBC didn't buy the first pilot. 
but he makes that work here and then veers off a little bit. He is being a little more freer with his decision-making. We bring the politics in the way Roddenberry would have back in the day. If Roddenberry were making Star Trek now, believe me, everything (laughs) would be at play. Love the entire cast. You're... Your sick bay crew, Dr. Mabenga is on a couple of the original episodes. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot. He was around. Yeah. And now we're seeing the beginning of Christine Chapel, who first time we see her on the show, besides she was number one, that after Major Barrett would be become Major Barrett Roddenberry. She comes back to the Enterprise to look for her lost fiance, but there's a backstory between she and Spock that I think we will get to at some point. So it's really lovely to see this, as you say, Joey, you know, 10 years before. Yeah. We're, we're going to lean into some of these things that we're, we're going to see. We th- Those scenes with Spock on Vulcan, yeah. seeing a different side of the Vulcan mating rituals was lovely. And that that's Tipring, the girl from Amok Time. They know what they're doing over there. Uh, Kiva Goldsman yes. definitely Alex did a Kurtzman, great job yeah. here. Yeah. And Jean, uh, Eugene Roddenberry as part of all this, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. And then you got the young Uhura just starting yes. out. The Who's cadet. so spunky, and I love oh, that. That scene in the tur- uh, the lift when the <laughs> yes. guy's running. That was awesome. <laughs> also, I love the, the – and it throws back to the original. The fact that the turbo lift is, like, off-center in the – bridge makes zero yeah. sense like zero <laughs> sense the way that bridge is laid out but i love it i think it's great uh john you totally just pulled a farley i know on yourself <laughs> where you like you know that guy when he was in the lift man that was awesome <laughs> when you said it takes you have to give love to get love is that so true good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rest in peace <laughs> all right Amazing. I'm glad you guys are enjoying that. Anything else you want to say about the Star Trek? No. Nick Fragoda did the art on Vengeance back in 2011. Oh, wow. Word. Yeah. He went places. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, he did. Um, Crazy that America's only been around for 10 years. I feel like like she's been around forever. America Chavez? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Talk more about her in a little bit. Why? What? What? All right. No spoilers. What? Spo- um, <laughs> she's, she's in every trailer. <laughs> All right. Somebody give me some lightning. All right. Twig number one. Written by Scotty Young. Drawn by Kyle Stram. Colors by Jean-Francois Bellieu. And letters and logo and series designed by Nate Picos of Blambot. So Twig is kind of this, he's this like little cookie monster looking dude, <laughs> this like flat cookie monster looking guy. And he lives in this totally like Jim Henson's puppets come to life labyrinth kind of world with all these fuzzy little creatures and underground dwellers and everything like that. Mountains that talk, which is just so friggin' cool. And so Twig gets up and he's late. He's late for a very important date because he is kind of this delivery Muppet of sorts where they he, he enters this giant mountain that speaks to him. And then he opens his mouth and the tongue rolls out and he goes inside and he finds a bunch of diggers and they're digging through stuff. And they find what looks to be these um 
like these familiar chests that you find in video games that if you don't know it's a familiar thing and then you piss it off, it'll come out and there'll be teeth and gnashing and they'll hurt, they'll hurt you. Anyway, these things have to ripen. And when they do, this like ancient artifacty kind of thing uh, comes out of it or just something of import comes out of it and it needs to be brought to this person who will identify it and basically tell you where it needs to go because if it doesn't go to the right place disorder and chaos I assume happen throughout all the world so it's a very very important mission and Twig and his friend who I'm forgetting his name damn it what is the little slug's name Joey Slug Jr um, <laughs> no come on it was, you like, read it. it was like Sasha like Splat. Something like that, yeah. He's got this little glowworm named Splat, who's kind of the the comic relief uh of the of the story, while Twig is kind of very determined to do a good job with his mission and is a little maybe self-serious and Splat is there to lighten things up. Um but what it's happens splat. when your journey it is Splat. Yeah, you were right. <laughs> I just wanted to interrupt your flow to remind you that it was I know. Yeah, because this has all been going so swimmingly. (laughs) (laughs) My voice is given out. All right. Um, Yeah, so Twig's journey gets kind of messed up. I won't tell you why, but it does. Um, This comic is, is really adorable and very cool. And it's doing one of these things that I've noticed, at least in a few things that I'm reading lately, where especially with the series I talked about a few weeks ago, uh, Step by Bloody Step, that uh, all silent kind of like far off journey book. A lot of writers and artists are doing these things where there are whole swaths of story told just by like framing the journey in a way of that you visit all these different places, all these different environs and all these different creatures and things and lands that you get to see that gives the a real sense of scope to the journey itself that you're going on in this book and toward like the back half of twig number one you go on this like two-page journey of all these panels of all these like mystical gorgeous gorgeous landscapes and and lands and everything and it's really epic and i absolutely love it um it's off to a cool start it's got some potential uh the art has like super whimsy to it uh, of course, uh, Jean-Francois Bellew's colors are just out of this world. Uh, him and Scotty have worked together on many things, uh, and they always collaborate really well. So uh, it's cool. It's it's cool to see Scotty doing another thing where you're kind of in a far-off land like we had with um, I Hate Fairyland, but uh, in a more – in a variety pack this time because you're going to so many different places. And I don't know. It was fun. It was fun, and it was cute. And I like things that are fun and cute. Uh, what else do I got here? Bloodstained Teeth, number one. Story and creator, Christian Ward. Art creator, Patrick Reynolds. Colors by Heather Moore. And letters by Hassan Otspain Elhow. Okay, what can I say about Bloodstained Teeth? I thought Bloodstained Teeth was going to be a Christian Ward joint. Meaning that he was going to be helming this thing overall. Nay, He is only writing this series. This is a vampire series where there are two, there are two versions of vampires, two hierarchies of vampires. There are the old vampires that are in charge and secretly run everything in the world from the shadows. 
And then there are the sips. The sips are basically fodder for the vampires. They don't want them around because they are killing people and doing horrible, horrible things throughout the world, giving them a bad name and causing a lot of trouble for their business. And if business is bad, it's bad for all the old vampires. But there's this one dude who is a vampire who's basically going around selling the vampire lifestyle for, for 10 million or uh, probably 10,000. Let's say 10,000 bucks. He will turn you into a vampire. And since the sips are illegal in the uh, vampire hierarchy, they he basically gets found out and has to pay the piper for all the children that he has uh, fostered over the last couple of years. He basically ends up uh, turning this influencer and they start, you know, posting to the gram of their live feedings and stuff. And he gets figured out and he ends up in a, uh, a lot of shit. It's like a vampire mob world, uh, if you will. And it's really cool. It doesn't have Christian Ward art, but what it does have is it has this kind of like pop uh, punk pop art style to it. It's really loud and colorful and like attitudinal. It almost looks like a, I don't know, like a Sex Pistols album cover or something like that. It's, it's really cool. It's really engaging. Um, it makes, it makes it like all the club scenes and all the underground meetings and everything like that, uh, look really, really cool. And I'm into it. Uh, I had to read it twice to really like get on board and kind of grasp everything that was going on. There's a lot of information about how their society works, but once I put the pieces together, I was like, yeah, I'm down for another issue of this. It's neat. Um, the one thing I really do want to talk about. Is uh, have you guys heard of this Batman Unburied podcast? No, no, really, Joey? Are you? Did he? I was sorry. I was muted. I was muted. The answer is no. (laughs) Rude. He's getting his Robo Burger. (laughs) (laughs) Side note on Robo Burger: Uh, (laughs) next to the Robo Burger machine was a new machine, and it's an empty vending machine. That's maybe it's fries. sodas. Maybe the it's fries. French fries. I don't know. I think. Did you see that that picture I sent you? The cake ATM. That's awful. <laughs> Imagine getting like two day old cake, or having to wait for a cake to be baked. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> anyway, maybe they should bring back the horn and hard art automat. What is that? Oh, you're you guys are all so young. It was a series of restaurants in New York. Uh, last one closed somewhere in the 60s or 70s, I guess. You went in, and everything was sandwiches, or, uh, salads, whatever, behind little glass doors that you put a quarter or 50 cents in, and you pulled it out like it was a vending machine. The entire place was a wall of glass doors with vending yeah, machines. We had that here. They opened one in Jersey City, actually near the Robo Burger. Uh, oh. It lasted about six months <laughs> yeah <laughs> amazing anyway batman unburied is a dc branded podcast you can listen to it wherever podcasts are streamed oh, is this the one with winston duke yes it is there you go yeah i have yes it. It. yep winston duke as bruce wayne lance reddick as thomas wayne 
uh, Gina Rodriguez as Barbara Gordon, Jason Isaacs as Alfred, uh, John Reese Davies as Dr. Hunter, or mm, is he somebody else? Uh, Ashley Birch as uh, Vicky Vale, uh, Jessica Maria Garcia as Renee Montoya, Jesse Merlin, Phil Pritchard. There's lots of people in this. Um, Sam uh, Witter, Witwer, Witwer, I don't know. Um, okay, so. Batman Unburied, so far, is a Batmanless Batman podcast. Now, I know that some of you may be turned off by this, but check it out. Bruce Wayne is a forensic pathologist working in the Gotham Central Hospital morgue, and lately he's been investigating the victims of a serial killer known as the Harvester. One evening, while examining one of the Harvester's victims, the killer shows up and attacks Bruce. He survives, but is forced to take a leave of absence, in addition to attending therapy sessions, which have been mandated by his father, Thomas Wayne. Oh, yeah. Thomas and Martha are very much alive in this series, and they are with Bruce on and off of the podcast, voiced to perfection by the cast. And his therapist's name is Dr. Hunter, but I have a feeling that he might be someone else in the DC universe. I don't know. Uh, There's a really fun mystery uh, revolving around this great working relationship uh, Bruce has with his work assistant who kind of joins him on this hunt for the killer and for answers. And what's neat about it is he's not Batman in this. He's Bruce Wayne. And but he still has that detective instinct about him. He still he's in, he's examined all of the bodies, and so he feels like it is up to him to figure it out because there is something inside of him that is telling him that he needs to get to the bottom of this. It is the Batman calling out to him. I have theories about what's going on, but there's only two episodes of it out so far. I think there'll be another one this Tuesday. Um, but he's behaving like the detective side of Batman, which is my favorite kind of Batman. It's really, really cool. Uh, The sound design is absolutely spectacular. It's really atmospheric. Duke's voice is deep and resonant and very, very sexy. (laughs) The same goes for Lance Reddick, who is already a legend, as you all know. Uh, As I already said, I really like the father-son dynamic a lot. Thomas is kind of pushing back on Bruce for a portion of the two episodes and then kind of decides to indulge him at one point and almost becomes like a, a, a partner in solving the mystery, which I thought was a really cool way to, to go about it. Um, and I love that I am suspicious already of like four people, even though we have kind of met our killer. I don't know that I buy it. I think that there's a lot more going on than meets the eye. I also have a sneaking suspicion that this might be some kind of like dream state near death episode that uh, Bruce is having. There are, there are hints that there's more going on uh, than they're letting us know. Uh, And it's just really intriguing and makes for a really cool listen. Like the first episodes, 30 some odd minutes, the next one's only 24. So you can get in, get out. Uh, Like I said, the sound design is spectacular. It sounds like you're in that world when you're listening to it. Um, really, really high grade professional, uh, actors doing these roles and it's cool. 
I, I don't understand everything that's happening yet, but we're, we're not supposed to, we're not at that point in the story yet. Um, but if you're listening to, you know, you're looking to add another podcast to your, uh, to your feed, this is something that's really cool. It made me want to, um, go and check out that Wolverine podcast that you talked about a while ago, Joey. Yeah. I, I like those. I like the podcasts with the, the superheroes because they can't just do the punching, you know, they can't just do the punching and the explosion. So they have to do things like the detective thing or, um, these more kind of noirish elements too. So yeah, sounds really interesting. It's cool. Like there are characters that are obvious, their main characters that are obviously probably not the killer or something like that, but like there's, there'll be that one line that they'll say something and you'll be like, what, what was that about? That was a little weird. Um, and then it's dropped and, and we, you know, we don't know if we're going back to it. And there's, I don't know, there's something that Thomas Wayne said in one of the episodes that's sticking in my craw. <laughs> I have to, I have to talk to Bronwyn about it later. Cause she actually introduced me to this. Like I'd written about it and I'd heard about it and everything, but I didn't realize it was out. Uh, and then she had already listened to it. She's like, you got to check this out. She's in love with Winston Duke and his voice. Uh, it's all I've been hearing about for the past couple of days. <laughs> he's real good though he's real good they all are they 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 really it's cool i don't know if you want to think of it as an elseworld story or what but it's it's neat and it's cool i like that we're not dealing with a classic uh batman villain for this and we're that we're being introduced to something new uh it's fun go and check it out i listen to it on spotify so if you want to go and listen to it there you can go and do that uh i think new episodes drop on tuesday all right that's it Cool. Uh, Joey, what'd you think of Twig? I thought it was a ton of fun. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No, I agree Thanks with everything much. you said. And, and I, I always pick up a book. It's Scotty Young, right? And I'm like, yay, Scotty Young. And then I'm like, Scotty Young didn't do the art. And then I open it and I'm like, that's okay. Cause this art is wonderful too. So he's got, he's got great collaborators that, that join him on these books. And, um, that ending was, was shocking. Right, Unex- I, I don't. I wouldn't say not, unexpected. No, not unexpected, but, but shocking. Yes, well, yeah, it's it's definitely one of those. Well, now what do we do? Yeah, kind of cliffhangers. So, I'm I'm anxious to learn more about the world, and given what we've seen of the series and just this first issue, I'm really excited to see where we have to travel. And like, cause we got little, little peeks into different, uh, lands that are in this world, but I'd kind of like to stay in some of them for a little while just to kind of poke around and see what kind of creatures are in there and everything. Um, and it really just has this, you know, eighties Henson Muppet vibe to it that, you know, that's the stuff that I grew up on and still love to this day. So they're, uh, they're singing my song. (laughs) All right, let's move on. What else do we got here? We got, uh, let's do, let's, you know what? The, I think the, the movie talk is going to be pretty big. Let's go through these, news. uh, quick news stories. A lot of these are, are super like whatever, um, <laughs> uh, figured not, not to be, um, they, all right, shut up. They made a paper girls teaser. Yes. Yeah. It was cute for that. Uh, yeah, for that. And it was, it was cool. It was, it had like this, it harkened back to a lot of the artwork for the covers for yeah. throughout the series. And, Monochrome, uh, you know, it previewed. One, one kind of palette at a time. Each of the faces yeah. got to see the cast. Love it. Yep. Love it. 
got to see the cast. They pulled a couple of little sound bites from the episodes, iconic lines and whatnot. And yeah, just just enough to remind you that that it's coming. You know, like they actually made it. There's no timeline on that, right? It's soon. It's got to be soon. Yeah, it's definitely this year. Uh, especially if they're starting to put some more stuff out for it. I'm waiting for like, for I obviously waiting for an actual trailer so that, you know, they can start the hype machine and get people interested. I think this was more for the fans and more to just be like, by the way, like get pumped. Cause we've got something in our pocket and this is going to be really cool. So if they're looking to, you know, make their own stranger things, this wouldn't be a bad property to try and do that with. I was just going to say it's, there are people who look at this and say, Oh, they're ripping off stranger things. So this comes before. Yes. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think is it before or during during, it's definitely during. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's, um, let's move on. We'll, we'll go. We'll come back to this. Uh, they're making another green lantern animated film. I wish that Aaron was here because he always loves to talk about the the DC animated stuff. It's called uh, Green Lantern: Beware My Power, and uh, it looks neat. It looks really neat. I um, oh, are you ready for this? Yeah, here we go. Paper Girls, March thirtieth, twenty sixteen. Stranger <laughs> Things, July fifteenth, twenty sixteen. Hmm. I'm sure. I think uh, yeah. I would have said it came before, but that's too close. For television production, that was in they they came to those independently. Yeah, maybe yeah. from Super Eight. When's that? Well, yeah, that's true too. Anyway, wow, Green I Lantern only saw animated. Super Eight one time. Green Lantern, I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway, Green Lantern. Uh, beware my power. Recently discharged Marine sniper John Stewart is at a crossroads in his life. One which is only complicated by receiving an extraterrestrial ring, which grants him the powers of the Green Lantern of Earth. It happens. Uh, yada, 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 so on and so forth. Lots of Green Lantern stuff, obviously. Um, I'll check this out. <laughs> Anybody else watch the trailer for this? No. Yeah. But John Stewart, now that you say that, yeah, I'm in. I'd like to watch that. I really like the color work uh, that's going on here. It's got a really nice uh, animation style is to it, it. Is it 3D animated or is it uh, 2D? No. And now it's 2D. Cool. Do we know who's doing John Stewart in this one? Is it um, is it is it Phil Lamar? Let me see. This is a this is a the trailer and the synopsis. Oh, okay. I don't know that I'm finding. Hold on, I'll look it up on IMDb. Let's see. Green Lantern. Beware for, so, for so many people who grew up watching the cartoons, John Stewart is Green Lantern. And it's Phil Lamar. Right. Who is one of the greatest um, voice actors ever. It says Aldous name? Hodge. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's not. Oh, wait. Is it, oh, wait. Beware My Power Part 1. How did you find that? I went to DC Movies Fandom. Damn, because <laughs> there's nothing on IMDb, surprisingly. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Comes out July 26th. 2022 HBO Max, uh, 4K Blu-ray and digital. Oh. They don't put them on HBX right away. Hmm. Their animated stuff never. It takes a while to get there. And they're not cheap I'm gonna in check the this stores one out. based on what I had to pay for that Justice Society one. Yeah, remember that Batman? Uh, what was the one that we had to watch? Long Halloween, 
and the Joker made yeah. that joke about a corn corn going in and coming out shit or something like that. <laughs> yes. yes. I was like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> uh, Viola Davis is getting her own spinoff, her own Peacemaker spinoff. They're making an Amanda Waller why? series. Yeah, why? Okay, cool. <laughs> Because we gotta, we gotta get to know her. We gotta find out no, the Amanda. Waller. What is the plan? What is the plan? I thought, I thought we were bringing somebody on to like do a unifying whatever, whatever. Great actress, interesting part. Do I, I again? Do I need to see the backstory of someone so no. heinous? Generally speaking, she's, no. She's better in small clips in yes. the shows. Yeah. Yeah. Just let her come in, wreck just havoc. Make her, and, uh, <laughs> just make her the central antagonist of a second season of Peacemaker or a Suicide Squad show or something like that. Yeah, putting her daughter right in the middle of it all. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I don't know. I don't see anywhere. I thought maybe this was the other uh, James Gunn project that he has in the works with them, the other spinoff hmm. for peacemaker maybe it is but he's he's not named in this variety article that i'm looking at give me a rat catcher so, 2 series that's what i want to see yes oh, that great. would be that was my guess like when they announced that second spinoff um from the suicide squad movie that was my it's guess gonna be it still is rat catcher king shark team up show <laughs> rat catcher or the weasel, the weasel, weasel show the weasel show <laughs> All in Weasel, Weasel. Weasel. Yeah. Yeah, Weasel and Cult de Maltese. <laughs> I would watch I would watch the Amanda Waller show if it was like a cleanup show where she's just each episode she's just like dealing with another ne'er do well, like miscreant. Like I gotta go episode one is like I gotta go catch the goddamn weasel yeah. in Corno Maltese. And it's just like <laughs> yeah. episode after episode of just like like mishaps and mayhem, uh, and she's just like this bureaucrat who has to like clean up messes. That I could get behind. I yeah, I mean, I enjoy Amanda Waller. I love Viola Davis. I will reserve judgment until we know more because this is just this is just a it's in the works uh, thing. Like there's very little information, so let's find out what it's going to explore. We'll we'll revisit this when uh, when the time comes. Um, but it's out there. Interesting. Not, not the character that I would have imagined for, for a spinoff, but Hey, here we are. Um, Ms. Marvel is getting a full series theatrical release in Pakistan. That's cool. Which is just awesome because they don't have uh, Disney plus out that way. So they are bringing it to theaters for them so that they can check it out. Um, I think that that's awesome. That's really it's really cool that there everybody's going to get to enjoy it. I, I've read recently they love way. they love the nega bands in Pakistan. They're huge nega bands. <laughs> Did you see? Uh, um, there was another. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say there was another little trailer uh, for this uh, mm-hmm. show uh, this morning. I was going to say that uh, uh, Monday. Feige did an interview confirming kind of what we so had that, talked yeah. about about the powers. And he said what we had talked about on the show. That was basically like, you know, when Ms. Marvel came out in 2014 or whatever, the time that that comic and character came out, certain things were true about the universe that warranted the powers and origin story of her debut. And here we are in 2022 in the MCU. And those things are very different. And therefore the powers changed just so that she could line up with where we're at now. And that's kind of what we said on the show. It makes sense. And I, I go back to look, 
the Terrigen Mists and the Inhumans were never going to be a part of Miss Marvel's origin story. And it was always going to be something that lined her up more closely with Brie Larson and um, Tiana Paris's Monica Rambo. And uh, I think what they're doing with the band and all of that, I think is going to be worth exploring. Yeah. I think I, I look, I've, I've speculated could tie into Shang-Chi and his 10 rings. We still don't know because that's technology. No one's ever seen before. Also, Feige mm-hmm. said in that interview, if you want to see giant hands and things, you're still going to see those. Don't worry. Yeah. So <laughs> it may not be embiggening, right? But it'll it'll all be it'll all be fine. Again, from these trailers, they have captured all that we love about Kamala. So it's less I mean, than a, less I, than a month away. Than, yeah. Oh, can't wait! Can't wait less to see this one. Yeah, it's real soon. I'm definitely excited for this. Well, I have to say, my, I had a, I had a coworker say, "Who's this for anyway?" Oh, well, me and like yeah. hundreds of thousands of other people who find this character to be so fascinating, so relatable. G. Willow Wilson, in an interview years back, it, it, she said, you know, I, I wish we would stop using the word diversity and instead substitute it with reality because this is what the world looks like. Yeah. And Kamala is going to speak to so many people of every, every stripe of humanity. It's just going to be just what the book was, I think. Except you yep. know they and shot it in Atlanta. They shot it in Atlanta, and that is not what they didn't shoot Jersey City. The streets, oh, come on, the streets are too big. No, they they shot some B roll, I think, in Jersey City. Um, but but <laughs> those uh, anyway yeah. anyway next. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Uh, actually, no, that's not it. I lied. Uh, there is one more story. Uh, Nakuti Gatwa is going to be the 14th doctor Mm -hmm. taking over after Jodie Whittaker. Uh, If you are not familiar with Mr. Gatwa, Mr. Gatwa is from uh, numerous things as well, but I know him from the absolutely hilarious show sex education on Netflix. Amazing. Uh, Not only is uh, Naguti the first black doctor, he's also the first queer doctor. So, Yes. Uh, This is fantastic. I just went out over the weekend and bought whatever we needed to catch up on the Doctor Who stuff. Going to take that journey soon, right after we finish Bridgerton, which we're right in the midst of now. It's so good. Uh, And yeah, but we're we're getting a new Doctor, and I think this is an incredible pick. Is it? uh, I've been a fan of his. Go ahead. Are they doing the Christmas thing again? Is that usually when it happens? No, they, I don't know. they're doing three specials throughout the year. They did one at New Year's. They did one a few weeks ago. And then I think in the fall is when they're doing it. To, okay. and, then, and then I think that he might appear in a Christmas special because Russell T. Davies is returning. Oh, really? And techni- wow. Yeah, and he's, and he's technically not the first black doctor. There's a fugitive doctor from the future who is a, oh, a black woman. And I think that's what Aaron and I were kind of hoping that they would tell that story. But this one, yeah. I think, is going to be interesting as well. So, For yeah, those Russell interested in Fugitive Doctor, Fugitive Doctor, uh, the Titan Comics is putting out a, a Fugitive Doctor book, I think, this week oh. or in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Oh, cool. Titan, Titan's got the, the lockdown. The economic on all lied those, to uh, me. <laughs> yeah. Titan, 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 Titan Comics has the lockdown on on those uh, Doctor Who yes, do. comic book yeah, specials. Do. When do you meet? 
When do you meet Fugitive Doctor? What season is that? Uh, that would be the last... Uh, the uh, It's the last season before Flux. Oh, so no wonder I have... I, yeah, I didn't. yeah. Okay. It's when they play around with her being the endless child and the Doctor... Kind of they get into the Doctor's backstory. Oh, yes. And then they find, start finding about, about the, the future versions of the Doctor that were hinted at with, um, with the War Doctor and all of that. So... The Jodie Whittaker stuff, some of it is on HBO Max. Are these yeah. recent kind of miniseries, special series? Not yet. I Not think yet? that okay. HBO Max has a deal with them, but I think that they have to they have to air on the BBC America first, mm-hmm. and then there has to be a gap in time. So probably by the time this new Doctor is starting to premiere, they'll put the Jodie Whitt- the final Jodie Whittaker stuff on HBO Max. Okay, that's how it's kind of worked in the past. Indeed. All right. I'm excited. That sounds cool. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Speaking of doing things, let's do a movie review. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. So quickly, before we go off, if you don't know how this works, we'll talk general impressions first, and then we will call spoilers before we ruin anything. And then you're on your own after that. You're still here. It's on you. Yep. All right, Joey, you're you're yeah. very excited. Go ahead. Okay. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Do you want me to do like the rundown? Like, how do you want me to do this? You do it however you want, man. Oh, okay. Well, I wasn't prepared for this. Let me pull up. Let me pull up. Let me pull up some info here. All right. Doctor <laughs> Strange is a 2022 American superhero film based on Marvel Comics. <laughs> uh, what, actually, wait. What number is this? 28th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, this was directed by Sam Raimi, written by Michael Waldron, who you might know from uh, Loki, um, obviously starring Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Elizabeth Olsen in the, in the, in the trailers, Chiwetel is back, Benedict Wong's back, newcomer Zoshi Gomez is here um, as, as America Chavez, uh, Rachel McAdams is back, you know, the cast from that first movie, which you all know I loved, just kidding, I didn't love, Um but, you know, they're all here and we have this multiversal movie. It's an impossible film to talk about without diving into spoilers, I think. So I'm not going to talk too much about it. What I will say about it is I had a really good time watching it. Um, Sam Raimi has a very definitive style, a style which I have watched more and more of over the last few years. Um And I think handing him the reins to Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness and allowing him to get a little weird with it um, was a great decision because I think the movie starts, starts, you know, like a Marvel film often does and scene after scene after scene just ramps up the energy. The stakes get higher. The chaos gets chaotic and it just gets wilder and wilder (laughs) and wilder up until the last frame. And I think that that kind of forward momentum makes those two hours just just breeze past. Um, I think the cast is wonderful. Um, they so many of these actors have been in these roles for a while, and I think it shows. Um, uh, Zoshi Gomez as America Chavez is a wonderful addition. We'll get into her, I'm sure, a little bit later. Um, I will say this: I had a great time. I really enjoyed it. I, I think that certain choices Be careful. I'm, yep. <laughs> yeah. 
certain choices around certain characters, both expected and unexpected in this film will raise the hackles of certain audience members to some degree, myself included. Um, And I will leave it at that until we talk about spoilers that doesn't necessarily detract from my enjoyment of the film, but it has been something these, some of these character choices have been something that I have been continuing to think about over the last four or five days. Um, And that I haven't really been able to land. I've been going back and forth on how I feel about, about some of them. Um, But end of the day, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really entertaining. Um, And rarely do you have one of these movies where it's just like scene after scene after scene gets more fun and more energetic and more chaotic. Uh, Usually there's like some lulls and down, times and things like that but this one I, I really felt like getting closer to the edge of my seat as the film went on um which yeah. i really enjoyed it was a ride it was it was a definitely ride. a ride did anybody yeah. watch it in 3d no 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 good that's what i figured i was like they're like the week before the movie released like kevin feige and everybody coming out and they were like man we shot this intentionally in 3d it's been a while since we did that and i was like nobody's going to see this movie in 3d forget you like get out of here not for 20 bucks no <laughs> yeah 3d 3d is 10 years ago get out of here <laughs> anyway Amazing. that's me all right uh bob general impressions okay um certainly a lot to like here it might be the most comic booky comic book movie of all time, and yet it's still Sam Raimi, just as Joey was saying. The horror elements are there, and I think it pushes up against the PG-13 in the same way his Drag Me to Hell does. There are some really scary things here. There's some and, gross yes. things, too. Yeah, that, too. That definitely, too. Um, I thought there was a little bit of a lull in the second act. There's, there's, there's like 15 minutes of dense exposition there's a lot to process here and since the movie begins flat out action sequences you gotta then take a breath but just as you're saying joey this is a two-hour movie that played like an hour and a half yeah it just 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 absolutely flew by action's really well done special effects for the most part great a couple of cgi shots of garganthos that don't quite work though that said Looking at the eyeball of that giant squid monster changing as things are happening around it, it almost emotes. So I, I shouldn't complain too much. A L- yeah. lot of fan service here, mostly very well done. I have quibbles as well, and they are with some of those character choices. Um, first of all, if you, if you didn't watch all of WandaVision, if that's going to be a problem, this movie won't resonate. You're doing the film and yourself yeah, a disservice. This, this movie is impossible if you haven't seen WandaVision, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah, of, I, like I all the things we talked about last week, too, where it's like, oh, well, like, what don't you have to watch? What do you have to watch? And I remember being like, ah, they've been pretty good about it. I disagree. Like, I, I, I think if you <laughs> haven't watched WandaVision, hell, you, you could skip the first Doctor Strange movie and still enjoy yeah. this film. <laughs> like, yeah. But the WandaVision, I think, like, you have to watch. And we've entered a new, we've entered like a new era of the Marvel movies where that stuff is integrated and important. It all counts. But here's the thing. You could read on Wikipedia or the Marvel entertainment page and catch up to some of these characters and it would, you'd be okay. It's not the case with the arc for Wanda here. And that, that, that's a whole thing. Um, 
the lead performances across the board are great. It's wonderful to see Rachel McAdams get to actually do something this time around, and she's, she's yes. wonderful. So she Gomez, what they do with America is a lot of fun, though I have some quibbles about that too. Cumberbatch, very good. It'll never happen. Elizabeth Olsen could win an Oscar for this for me. Her, her she's magnificent in this. Yes. And mm-hmm. did she ever get a chance to do that with those other things? No. Until we got to WandaVision and you saw something else, there's that. And speaking of America, I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I'll, I'll just say I really loved America MacGuffin. <laughs> really loved her. And that's it for me. If I'm if I'm putting a number, I, I'm waffling back and forth. Seven or eight out of ten. There are like 17 MacGuffins in this film. <laughs> yeah, one we'll, living, we'll one, li- one, one living, them. but right, yeah. We'll get to every one of them, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, John, why don't you give me your uh, general impressions? Uh, it's hard without spoiling. Uh, I, I will say that I had a fun two hours of just immersing myself in this. I I enjoyed the first one. I like I like the evolution of get the character. Out. No, okay, I, do too. I, go. I do too, John. You're on like your side. Actually. All three of you can get out. <laughs> I watched it before we went to go see the second one. Me too. One. We'll talk it's, about it. It's not a, I mean, it's not a perfect film, but I, I enjoyed no. it. Um, this one, just some of the character choices, which we'll talk about later, but I would have liked from, from what goes on in the Avengers, uh, Infinity War and Endgame, I feel that he would be a more evolved sorcerer at this point. Uh, and, but the special effects are great. The story is good. It's, I wish they would have let, you know, this could have been an R rated movie and made it a horror movie and it might've landed a little bit better um, for me, but it's a very much a Sam Raimi movie. And I, I, I want to, I want a Benedict Wong, uh, Wong oh. movie. I just yeah. want that. Just have him or do a series. Wong um, is my favorite character. Wong is <laughs> so my so favorite supreme. character too. Yeah. And, and you know, remember, it's proper etiquette to bow. Wow. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're getting to the point where, to your point about the R rating, like if I was seven, I would be both lost and shocked by what I saw on yeah. screen in this film. I chose not to take my son. He's going to be nine next month. And I, I think that it would have been, I don't think he would have enjoyed it. Yeah. Both the plot, of course, mm-hmm. I think is a lot. And then the the visuals, I think are a lot too. We're, we're getting to the point where it's like, these aren't films for everyone, which is okay. Right. It's like some comics aren't for everyone either. So I don't know. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. No, it's okay. I, I was, I really can't go much further without spoilers, but I, I had a good time. I just, I think that there, there were some choices made that I disagree with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. I'll give my impressions really fast so we can stop dancing around stuff. Uh, I had a blast. I did. I had an absolute blast with this. I thought it was a total ride. Uh, I'm a big Sam Raimi fan. I just recorded uh, a podcast with Progressively Horrified for Evil Dead 2. And so the slapstickiness of that movie and this Sam Raimi's signature style that he that he was known for 
uh, and kind of fell away from. He hasn't really done much uh, in the last little while, but to have been given the Marvel budget to do something really bombastic and so, so, so comic booky and so involved, I really, really love that things ended up the way that they did and that we got him on this movie as opposed to like Scott Derrickson again, even though I liked Derrickson as a horror director, them telling him that his version was too scary and then doing the Raimi version that we got kind of like, what was too much (laughs) for that? Like the end of the movie still ended up being like this because there are genuinely scary moments in this movie. I jumped at least twice. Uh, and like Raimi's not scared of the absurdity of horror. Like that's no, that's he's not like that's why mm. his movies are so good. Like going not like good is not the right word. <laughs> evil Dead, like those Evil Dead movies and the Ash movies are like yes, scary and grotesque and gruesome, but also absurd and funny and and kind of wacky in a way. And I think yeah, that, that energy I will, makes the movie work in a lot of ways. Speaking of wacky, I mean, this is, this is hardly a spoiler, but uh-oh, like uh-oh, surprise, uh-oh. there are some demons in this movie. Oh yeah. Uh, at one point. And when they open their mouths, the voices that come out of these things, it is right out of the deadites yes. from evil dead. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Like a hundred percent. And, for the that voice. reason, the voice. the voice right now. No, I can't. Do I can't it. do it. I don't. I don't. My <laughs> voice register is too low. Um, but like, I. That's the stuff that I love about Raimi and his his sensibilities as a director and stuff. Like that so when that happened in the movie, I just like kind of sat back in my chair and be like, oh my god, like they did it. Like they're doing this part too. They got slapstick with a cameo in the middle and toward the end and all this stuff. But um. So I really, really, really enjoyed the Raymaness of it. It was kind of like coming home a little bit because I haven't seen him do anything in a long time. And not only was he doing something new, but he was doing something on such a grand scale that it just felt like a tour de force of his talents. And I really, really enjoyed that aspect of it. This is also, even though like I come back from all the Marvel movies being like, oh my God, I love it. Like this is the first Marvel movie in a while to genuinely surprise and shock me. Mm-hmm. There were several moments throughout this movie where I freaked out. Like I, there, we can't talk about it now because it's super spoilery, but there was one point in this movie where I just like shout. I was like, Holy fuck. Like right in the middle of the theater. I never do that. I never do stuff like that. And I couldn't help myself. I was just compelled. And the whole crowd was going nuts. And everybody was freaking out. I'm digging my nails into Bronwyn's arm. I'm like, oh, my God, it's happening. It's happening. Um, And those moments, I was so – like, I was literally on the edge of my seat. Like, everybody uses that term. And like, oh, that's cute. I was literally on the edge of my seat for parts of this. Um, Really, really, really loved Wanda's arc in this a lot. I agree with Bob that she just delivers – such a stellar performance. I think Cumberbatch is really comfortable as Dr. Strange at this point. Benedict Wong is always a lot of fun. Uh, I really do. I agree that he should get his own uh, Disney plus series. I would love to see like those years during the, the blip or the snap or Mm -hmm. whatever it is that they're calling it. um, Those five years where he had to assume 
right. know, the Sorcerer Supreme rank and what whatnot. Um, I think it would have been cool to see him maybe use like some fancier spells in this, given his his new uh, situation. But you know, we'll, we'll, we'll we can talk about that later. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that I want to say. Um, I just really, I, I had a lot of fun with it. We're really not going to the movies as much as we were uh, now that things are kind of in this weird, like getting back to business uh, part of society. I'm still not hundred percent comfortable with it. And so we've skipped a lot of the, the other movies that are coming out. So to have gone to the theater and just been like holding my breath for parts of this movie, that's the mark of a good movie for me. And I had a lot of fun with it. All right, let's talk spoilers from this point on. This is your warning. If you haven't seen Dr. Strange uh, in the multiverse of madness, go and see it, come back, listen to the rest of the show. Otherwise uh, you're going to want to skip ahead for a little bit uh, for when we come back. But for right now, we are going to talk spoilers for the movie. Who wants to go first? All right. So listen, listen, (laughs) All right, so I'm walking out of the movie theater, and I'm like, "That was that was fun. I really enjoyed it. It was really great." I'm walking out, and I see this like these kids, like teenagers, walking in in full <laughs> Scarlet Witch Wanda cosplay, <laughs> and I'm like, no "Oh, way. honey, you are in for yeah. a really yeah. depressing time." Over the next two what? hours, yes. this movie does that character dirty, like Amen. dirty, Amen. dirty. Amen. I watched nope. WandaVision the night before yes. going to see the movie, and I was like, "Look, when we talked about WandaVision at the same, I remember Aaron and I were on the show, and we were like, this, this white girl, this white girl walked into this town, kidnapped a whole ass mm-hmm. town, held them hostage, and they just let her off at the end of the show." And I remember talking then about the kind of impossibility of the kind of redemption narrative for Wanda and all that stuff and the complicated kind of ask of doing that, but the hope that they would do that. Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness was like, no, we'll just go full heel turn villain. She learned nothing yeah, from that. She didn't, she didn't learn anything. She's just, she's just like, she's going deep, which again, Elizabeth Olsen, choose like choose that villain role she's like Rah! she's like oh so like <laughs> she, she goes for it and like carries that film in so many ways but if uh-huh. if i was like wanda's my favorite character and i love her and I, I can't wait to see her like become a hero again ain't gonna happen in this movie i tell you what like that there is the, at the very end there is that glimmer of like realization but she like murders a bunch of people in this movie for serious, like, like mm-hmm. grossly. Mm-hmm. And it's hard now, even deeper into this whole imagining that Wanda redemption arc again, not saying it's impossible, but saying that now it's even mm-hmm. more complicated to even think about how that works going forward. Now, I think there is a way to do that. If you look at like children's crusade, yeah, like exactly. Billy, Billy and Tommy and all that. And I uh, look, I long-term I'm sure that's where we're going, but for this movie to be like, Wanda, why are you a villain? And she's like, because I'm a mom that I think I'm is a, a, mo- very I'm a mother, com- not a monster. <laughs> are we, are we talking back kind of, to yeah, Natasha a, from Ultron? Can yeah. It's a very a complicated kind of like hysterical, like reading of yeah. that character. 
Again, I'm going to go kill another version of myself so that I can raise their kids. Elizabeth Olsen is so good and like so attached to that character that again, Mm. I I, watching the movie, I was like, I'm into it. Like I get it. I understand. But like I said, I could, I understand as well why that Wanda's character arc in this film is raising the kind of criticisms that it's raising. And I think Mm -hmm. justifiably so because you got Sam Raimi and Michael Waldron coming in from Loki and Sam Raimi coming in doing his thing and they don't have a connection to that WandaVision show. And I think they position Wanda full villain without some of that nuance that I think the show... he kind of did. Yeah. Raimi hadn't seen all of WandaVision when they started making the movie. And yeah. within the and movie, within, within the movie itself, because of, of how great Liz Olsen's performance is, you can see moments where she's trying to break free. She, she's in there somewhere. And you could have positioned this as she's possessed by the Darkhold. That comes up a couple of times. Yeah. But, That's, but we never show it. We never show enough of that. To yeah. make it seem like she's really struggling to get through this until we get to the end and it kind of happens. But this undercuts everything yeah. she learned in WandaVision. That is but all that's assuming gone. she learned anything in WandaVision. Well, she does, right? because at the end, even Steven tells her, though he doesn't know who he's talking to at that point, that you made things right. And she did, yeah. and she flew off at the end of WandaVision to go learn something. And maybe she yeah. got seduced by the Darkhold, but then show us that. Show us that she's yeah. the good person she is. And not glimmers of watching her struggle or the one moment with, with Charles. And don't have her murder people. Her. That's that's where it yeah. lost me. When she just like straight up murders people, I'm like, ah. And not so much like the Illuminati bit, which was like hilarious and people yeah. lost their minds in the theater, which again, I could see people being upset about because of their attachment to some of these characters. Um, but it's an alternate universe, so who cares about alternate universe characters, right? Yeah. <laughs> who cares? Um, but when she's at Camotage, just like killing those like young wizards, I'm like, damn, girl, she uh, she like disintegrates a guy, and I'm like, ain't no coming back from that. Like, no, sorry. No, look, sorry. And, and, and in one division, she's processing her grief by trying to create joy for herself and these other people. It's misguided, yeah. But she's going for it, and and she's great at doing that. She's really scary. But I really think at the end of WandaVision, she had, she had decided to do something different. Yeah. And it just what John, you were saying, that it shows that maybe Sam didn't get to the end of WandaVision to see that reverse yeah. heel turn. Well, here's the deal. In in the comics, when the, the two times that Wanda snapped, it's because of the first time is when John Byrne was doing the West Coast Avengers and it was Master Pandemine yeah. who ended up being Mephisto. And it was there was the snap like the kids disappeared and then that's the first time she lost control. And then the ramifications of that build into no more uh, n- uh, the new Avengers and Bendis and all of that where she, and then that leads to house of M. And house of M. Right. Yeah. There's no, at the end of WandaVision, she is like resigned herself and, and apparently is going off to try and do better and then we show up here and Dr. Strange goes to wherever she is. And it's like, boom, I'm a villain. I'm evil now. And just go from there. It's like, you can't redeem this character now. You, If you had causation as to why she's snapping and maybe you ended WandaVision differently, you've, I mean, she is now full-blown psychotic villain I don't think there's any way you can't do children's crusade because 
the in the comics, Wanda snapped, like had a mental break. She didn't have that mental break here. She was in full capacity. She is trying to kill other versions of herself so that she can take kids away from their mother. She's not even it it it's just a destruction of yeah. a character that evolved from her introduction in the Age of Ultron to where she was in WandaVision. This just kind of shat on that. Yeah. And, and at, I, at a certain level, you go with the, uh, particularly once you've got Charles involved here, this is Jean Grey. You get yeah. you, you create a really powerful female character and the power drives her so insane she has to either be killed or commit suicide to redeem herself. It's a Dark Phoenix story. Yeah. Yeah. The the Darkhold corruption thing is teased, but as you said, Bob, not developed, especially when you look at the Doctor Stranges that use the Darkhold mm. are able to use it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because it, she's a woman. She, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, like, you can't shake that, I think, watching the movie. I, I, I don't know if I agree with the, the idea that it's, there's no arc moving forward for her. I, I think, I think it's much more complicated now. And, I, I don't I don't I don't know I don't know where it goes. just to just to put it out there Marvel's not done with her yet oh, no, no. I know like I, I know I know no we didn't yeah. see the body right we saw a flash no I mean I mean a flash yeah. of red of her moving somewhere else no I'm saying that like she's confirmed that there are like plans in the future like she's still she's still Wanda in the MCU this is of not course. the last thing oh yeah of course of course of course, of course. Of course. yeah so I just I think ruling out if the redemption arc, if 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 we even get that, but um, I I don't know. I'm I'm just sitting here quietly, but I I, I respectfully disagree. I've well, it's funny. Some, I I've spoken to some really big Wanda fans, including my friend Angela, who walked out of the movie heartbroken. Yeah, yeah. I texted some friends who I knew are big Wanda fans, and they were like, and one friend was like, "Big Daenerys energy on that, yeah. Uh, yeah. on that, on that heel turn." And then my one friend, who's a huge Wanda fan, was like, "I loved it, and I love mm-hmm. Daenerys, so I love this too." And I was like, "You know what? <laughs> Good for you." And it was one of those memes from like the community meme where it's like <laughs> you could draw the line at this, but you, but but you accept this, and it was like. Uh, I draw the line at I draw the line at something, but but I'll allow mass murder. Like 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 it was one of those memes, and to some degree, like it's one of the it's one of those kind of just like careless choices because I think there's a world where you do this story, and if she hadn't like brutally murdered a bunch of people, there's yeah. a way to like be okay with it, blast in them into ways. unconsciousness or whatever. Yeah, 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 or like put them in a like. There's just like. The, the the ease with which some of the MCU movies just like murk people, I think leads to problems down the line. Now I, I go, mm-hmm. but however, that Illuminati scene is was one of my favorite moments yeah. in the yeah, whole I film. Like <laughs> um, what and mouth? Again, what I, mouth? I, I go, yeah. yeah, I go back to like I'm sure some people are like, oh, but I love Black Bolt. I don't know who the fuck that would be, but like whatever. Um, and of course the 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 big characters right yeah captain carter and, i and Maria Rambo and all of that i lost my mind and then of course they all get murdered in some really gruesome ways um i love but that I could see, I could mount see... came back as black bolt they yeah. were for, for three minutes <laughs> but you know what <laughs> Him black... and I, he looked good in that costume yes, oh yeah i i would love to see that he looked much that better black in that costume. Bolt death <laughs> that black bolt death just 
disturbed me. It was what the burp in his mouth. Yeah, yeah, like the mouth being gone was one thing, but his head like caves in on one side, and his neck snaps all in the same motion. And I was just like, "Oh my god, what is happening?" And then I realized that like little by little, they're all being taken out. Like, granted, they're from a different dimension, so there's not to say that we're not going to see these characters again. But it was still extremely intense and very gory and very suggestive and i was just like what is happening this is amazing i cannot believe that they put john krasinski in the fantastic four i think that that's awesome i love love, it's a like whether be a promise for the future right it has to be he let's put it i'm just putting it out there they just announced today that uh, Jack season four of Jack Ryan will be the last season. Okay. And that's going to free up his <laughs> schedule. Star and direct, <laughs> as I predicted last week. Well, wait, yes. season four or three? Four. Okay. I think three is already in the can. Yeah, so they're going to do one more, and then they can do Yeah. Yeah. No, I, all I thought, though, was Joey. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting it. I really wasn't. You know, I was also not expecting how comically oversized Professor X's yellow chair was. Yeah, he looked like life. he was like, he looked like he was sitting in a bathtub in that thing. It was so funny. <laughs> but, you know, like I was expecting that because they kind of spoiled that. I, yeah. I loved how much screen time Haley Atwell got. I would yeah. love to. I think, I think Haley Atwell's Captain Carter. Carter, and I yeah. think obviously John Krasinski's Mr. Fantastic. I think we'll see them again. Yeah. Obviously, Maria Rambo, you know, might be in and out through the Marvel stuff. Um, I think Anson Mount Black Bolt, you yeah. know, and dr- best That's of luck done. in your future endeavors. And I think the Professor X thing was just a little bit of fan yeah. service. Um, I love using the theme song though. That was that was cute. Did you yeah. notice? I'm surprised. It, oh, go ahead, John. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just surprised it didn't. I thought with the rumor that Submariner's the big bad in the next Wakanda. And he's a member of the original Illuminati. I thought they might try and do something along those, but they're probably saving that. Sorry, Bob. Go ahead. Did you know Reed's Reed's entrance with Doctor Doom's time machine? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, okay, for those old timers, it's right there. And he mentions that he has children and a wife. Yeah. Yeah. And then did you catch it? Where like uh, I thought you disappeared in the '60s. Yeah, oh no no I thought they, no I thought you I thought charted. charted okay but here here's there's a Motown group called the Fantastic Four who did chart in 1966. Oh, okay I I there's real, been rumors that they're gonna do a, a retro Fantastic Four movie. Well, that was Peyton um, Reed's realized, idea. So yeah, I also realized that this means that if Mister Fantastic had invented Ultron, everything would have worked out great. Yes, yeah, that's uh, very true. I thought yeah. <laughs> it's it's it was such a fun scene. Yeah, I. I'm a bummed that we got an alternate universe, Baron Mordo, and not like there's obviously Chiwetel Ejiofor is one of my favorite actors. So I, I yeah. hope in the third he's one, still around. He's he still around. He's still around. He'll be around. He's playing basketball with Benjamin Brett. Yeah, yeah. So I hope <laughs> that that happens. The movie we're talking about two oscillated scenes, but like I again, I loved the energy of the film. The mm-hmm. the the chaos of it, the keeping keep America away kind of thing from, from Wanda scenes are great. I know Bob, you call her the America MacGuffin. Um, I, I think she gets good stuff to do in this movie. I Eventually. would love a little bit more. Eventually. Yeah. And He's- I think the last couple of scenes with her is are fantastic. Um, I, I love the scene her with her though. moms. They do yeah. depower her, but, but I think 
She's young, which also which they did on purpose. They do. I think they're doing on purpose to alleviate yeah. other problems. Considering that twelve yeah. seconds of mentioning my mom's got them banned yeah. in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, oh, so we'll God. see how it goes moving forward. I, I think she's a ton of promise. I think yes. she's all in. Reading interviews with Zoshi, mm-hmm. um, I I love just the inkling of the the punch in the stars in the universe that we get at the end, and as she kind of finds herself in the coming movies, I'm sure she'll become the as a the young Avenger that we all know yeah. and love. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, the I want to see her mom. The They're out there somewhere. Thing, yeah. Maybe we'll get a well. Maybe we'll get an American th- TV show. I think that these movies are designed to be like we only get pieces, right? Because they're yeah. all a part of a larger tapestry. Yeah. So, like I was talking uh, to Bronwyn about the the representation in the movie and the idea of Marvel kind of muting their queer content and their films. Um, how like she was wearing. Um, like a rainbow pin. And, um, her, jacket. And her jacket says Amor is Amor. Love is love. Right. But it's, it, I mean, and granted there might not have been time. Um, but like, the, I, the, I do love it when a character can just exist, but yeah. I would really, really like it if Marvel would eventually take the leap and and actually showcase that and put their money where their yeah. mouth is, especially after all the disaster with the uh, "don't say gay" bill uh, bullshit that they had going on. Like they need a, they need a. Uh, not only do they need a win, but like they need to to they need to get with the program. Well, is what I'm saying. It's real. Yeah. Anyway, they need sorry, to I'm lead. Going off on no, my they need horse. to lead on that issue, and they, yeah. they 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 back off in some of their animated movies a like frozen 2 they 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 want to put a i mean they i respectfully stand behind their right to protest what that bill is but they are an organization that can lead and lead loudly and mm-hmm. influence people and i think they need to take that step and they didn't yeah yeah, I, I, but I also think that there's more to come with yeah, that character, exactly. and and That's maybe maybe this is just setting it up. And w- it would have been a shame, uh, I think, to a degree, like if they had decided to try and explore that, and it just ended up getting buried underneath all the m- multiversal madness of it all. Yeah. Like that wouldn't have felt good either. Well, well, That's what I, I defined I so, by just that. Yes. Yeah, I, I was so moved by the the mom's scene. Yeah. you yes. know. Yeah, and it was the same thing that with the Eternals cool. kind of uh, Brian Tyree Henry arc too. It's like they just exist in that space. It, this this move, <laughs> Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, is it going to be, or rather, not isn't going to be, but but <laughs> like the impetus for the film isn't a uh, like a queer protest movie. Like like, the, I, and I think you're right, Steve. To some degree, it would have gotten buried. And would have yeah. it would have gotten passed off as like a, oh we only got thirty seconds of you know America saying yeah I'm gay or whatever you know um, whereas I think it's it's hinted at and I think the mom scene mom scene was really moving and I really enjoyed it and I I hope she gets a show because I think that to explore that angle I doubt you'd get that in a movie you know um, mm. so I wonder I wonder if America TV show a la the are the the um the who did the comic G- Gabby uh, Rivera Gabby Rivera yeah. book, book going to going to college and uh maybe maybe touring the multiverse to try and find her mom's 
and in the meantime, finding something out about herself, I think would be a, a yeah, meaningful be narrative. Um, I love the visuals of the multiversal travel. I thought that was a ton of fun. Um, I, I, I get like the, Oh yeah. It was so cool seeing Rachel McAdams do more. It's a, it's a, it's a multiversal character of her though. So like, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, that's the trick with the multiverse stuff. And at the end of this movie, the multiverse stuff again was just a thing to explore, but is not the thing. And I just keep going back to the multiverse is not going to be the thing. Like everyone's like, Oh, the multiverse incursions. I know. I know. And we do, we do have, we have a post credit sequence that goes into the, the, the Hickman incursion, I guess we'll call it. I lost my damn mind. Unexpected. Unnamed and unexpected. (laughs) Yeah. I freaked out. I freaked out. Is that where you dropped the F-bomb? I was like, atomic blob. No, no. (laughs) That was the Reed Reed Richards Richards. scene. When he he phased into that room, when they were like going through the Illuminati, I'm like, all right. Like, I know that Professor X is going to be here. I freaked out a little bit when I saw Black Bolt just because it was such a like a, huh? Like, (laughs) I wonder if Anson Mount was like contracted to do this all the way back when or when they called him to ask him about it. He'd be like, are you sure, guys? Because that really didn't work. He's a fanboy, though. He loves Star Trek in comics so i'm sure he jumped yeah. all over it but like i thought that that was cool because i was like wait a minute like for a second i was like are they doing in humans eventually like are they going to go back to that well is this the beginning and then of course they're moving down the line so fast with introducing everybody and then john krasinski <laughs> the fan cast as reed richards shows up and i just it's more about the character yeah, as opposed to the actor, I think a lot of people could have could have entered into that role. But yeah. to the idea of social media influencing things like this and Marvel paying attention to that stuff and actually like for something positive, like not to not to dog on some of the the Snyderverse uh, stuff, but like it was cool to see something so, so positive be realized in a movie. It was just, it was a total fan cast moment. And I was like, not only happy to see that character on screen, but I was just thrilled for everyone that had kind of willed that into being. And I was like, this is so ridiculous. Like worlds are colliding right now as John Krasinski is, yeah. Like Reed Richards on screen, talking smart, do stretching around, doing his stuff. And I was just, and then he gets cut to ribbons. And I was just like, Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. He's going to be back. Oh my God. The stretching looked good. Yeah. Yeah, it did. I did not think it the did. stretching looked bad. Um, that that the other thing about the Illuminati scene is like then the subsequent like Wanda running through the bowels of that building yeah, covered in the oil and blood with oh no shoes on. I lost yeah. my mind. Like, she that taken, was absolutely amazing. Scary. She had taken some beat down during that scene she, between Captain Marvel yeah. and Captain Carter. She had taken a few hits. Mm-hmm. But, She's doing the worst for it. Yeah. Between America, America McGuffin, the Book of Ashanti, the Darkhold, like, like, there's so many things in this movie that people are just like looking for, at, like throughout yeah. the whole. Wonder Girl Mountain. Movie. Wonder Girl Mountain. 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 Like it is a, it's a chase movie, and the energy of it was just like forward, 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 and even that Illuminati scene filled with like those, those, the, the, those big pops for the characters, and then the subsequent battle scene. Like this movie just kept, kept going, and even the final battle, not the final battle, but like the battle between the Doctor Stranges. Yo, the music yo. battle. I, yo, I thought yo. it was so cool. That was cool. I thought that was. I was so losing cool. it. The moment when 
Doctor Strange and America are punching through all the different dimensions and all the different, like through the multiverse, how many different multiverses we visit within that span of time oh, yeah. was incredible. The if like I've seen some complaints about the effects. Overall, this movie no. was positively gorgeous. Just there was spellbinding only, all over the there place. There was only one effect that I was disappointed by, and it was when Wanda ringed herself out of that mirror or out of the gong in the when she's like tearing apart uh Kamartage. Oh yeah. And she like, like pulls herself out of the gong and she does like the ring like folding up on herself to like yeah. fall out of it. That effect looked a little wonky to me. But aside from that, I thought the movie looked fantastic. Better than the first one, actually. And I watched the first one again last week before going to see it and I was like some of this doesn't hold up for me. And I know at the time it was like, oh my God, the effects in Doctor Strange were so good. Um, but this movie, I, I was like very into the multiverse changes, the magic effects. I thought it was, I thought it looked really great. That music note fight. Music was note fight was cool. Incredible. Music note fight was cool. So cool. And then Zombie Strange was great. I was yeah. laughing so hard. But that's something that like in Sam Raimi's hands is grotesque and scary but also charming and funny and kind of weird in like a really wonderful way too and i, I that's why i think having sam raimi on the film was such a, a, a great choice yeah that it's zombie strange who makes the the wonderful uh inspirational speech to america it's kind <laughs> his mouth With like half his face yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> that was good so good I, he looked um an awful lot like like the sunken in eyes and stuff like that. The makeup was very reminiscent of uh, Bruce Campbell's transformation in Evil Dead Two. Yes. Speaking of Bruce Campbell, <laughs> yes. pizza pop the the, p- the pizza pop vendor. Yeah. <laughs> that was yourself. pretty Stop funny. <laughs> yeah, it was again very very much an homage to their former you know work together with all the the slapstickiness of uh, Evil Dead Two. It's like, oh look, they're they're back together again. They're doing the thing. This is adorable. Well, it's he, a ton he, of fun. He cameoed in all three Spider-Man movies. Well, he was supposed yep. to be Mysterio, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I think it's a really great film. I, I I like I said at the top of spoilers. I understand the criticism, and to a degree, I agree with it as well. I keep going back and forth on it because I'm like, yeah, you know. I'm also like no more mutants, Wanda. I hate I hate her. You know, like I'm like I'm like I'm like an X Men fan, so I'm like the Pretender. You know, like I she's always been a bad guy, so I I go back and forth on it. Um, but I I feel for the I feel for those fans that are like, what happened to that nuanced kind of complicated Wanda that we were building towards? Because I think the movie simplifies it a little bit, not in a way that isn't necessarily moving in the context of the film. I think Wanda's pain and her like anger and rage, I think is palpable and makes for a really dynamic arc in the film. And then the final scene where between Elizabeth Olsen and Elizabeth, Elizabeth Olsen, Olsen. Know that, that, that they final will be loved. Oh, is man. beautiful, yeah. so beautiful. And I, in the context of the film, I get it. And, but in the context of the series and for fans of that character, I, I also feel their, I feel their criticism as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Is that all we got? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. It's right. great. Go see I'm it. looking forward to 
Yeah, looking yeah. forward to watching it again when it comes out on uh, home home video. Maybe they'll pull Ooh, a right. Joker and put it on next week. Yes, <laughs> I don't. Not a Joker. Sorry, sorry. Eighty-five sorry. million the Batman. The Batman. Weekend, yeah, I meant the I meant the Batman. Sorry. <laughs> it's making money. They're gonna keep money. it in those theaters for as long as they can. I, I, the the thing that bothers me is like Atomic Blonde showed up. And I was like, you're not even going to drop a name. Like you, people got to do research, <laughs> you know, like it's in the um, credits. Is it in the yeah, credits? I, I didn't yeah, count that's Zormammu's niece. Her mom's Umar, well, she doesn't, she doesn't say that either. Does she? No, no she, she just says that. She says, she just says like strange. Challenge. You cause an occursion. Let's oh, jump. Oh man. Are you, unless you're she afraid. Looks, yeah. <sighs> she looks incredible. Our makeup. Just ah, yeah. oh, Charlize. Like I love, I love her so much. Imagine if she had that like Clea Bob though. I would have lost my mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! But when she opens, but she I opens knew... with with her blades the the gateway to what is the dark dimension. That's those planets from Dormammu's jam over yeah. there. Yeah. Oh man. I knew who she was immediately, and I lost my shit. I was like digging into Bronwyn's arm, my nails, just like digging. Over. Like, oh my god! And she's like, "Oh, calm down, calm down." I'm like, never. <laughs> one, one final thing. I am so glad at the end of this movie, Wong doesn't turn to Steven. Goes, "You really are the Sorcerer Supreme," and I no, give it yeah. back. I, I am so happy they did not do that. Because Steven wasn't the Sorcerer Supreme at the end right. of the first movie. So my, uh, my, my fear, I have two fears coming out of this movie. One is that at the end of Doctor Strange 3, Wong's going to die and Steven Strange <laughs> is going to become the Sorcerer Supreme. I'll be so mad. I'll be so mad. Wong needs to live forever. That's my first yes. fear. My second fear, it's not really a fear, but you know we've been talking about this Young Avengers stuff for a long time. And I, I still believe that it's going to happen to some degree, but I'm scared. I'm going to be disappointed by it <laughs> because, <laughs> and, I, and, and not because of the narratives of these characters, but because like Zoshi Gomez is like 16. Haley Atwell is like 28, you know, like the kid, like the twins, they've, they, they're, they've never, they'd have to age up and act, get new actors mm-hmm. for it. You know, Can't Iman is young too. It. Iman's young too. So like I, my, my, my concern is that like the iteration, like I, I don't really see how these actors are going to sync up. We'll have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah. But look, they already aged up Cassie. Well, that's what I'm saying yeah. too. Like, so I, I just worry like young Avengers is going to come out like six years from now. And like K- Haley Steinfeld is going to be like 36 years old. And he's going to be like, I'm, <laughs> I'm done with this. <laughs> like, you know, like, like I, I am not a young Avenger anymore. <laughs> Good point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. We don't even we don't even know for sure that that's what they're working toward. No, we don't. Everyone's just like running with it, you know. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We still got. It's funny. Bronwyn actually. She asked me what are the other Disney Plus Marvel shows that are coming out uh, aside from She Hulk, and I made a list. It is a gigantic list. I got plans up through twenty twenty four. I think. I know, but like, are we going to get stuff in between all of this? Yeah. Here's, I think you're going to get this summer. You're getting Miss Marvel and She-Hulk, right? And then in the fall, we're getting 
Secret Wars and the Guardians Armor of the Wars. Galaxy. Secret, Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion, Secret Invasion and, Guardi- and, and the Wars. Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Armor Wars, oh, I think they're just starting to film, so we probably won't get that till 2023. Maybe right. Armor Wars might sync up with Fantastic Four, to be honest. But I think you have to get through Secret Invasion and Ms. Marvel for the Marvels movie. Yeah. You know? But laced in between all of those is Black Panther and Thor, Love and Thunder. Marvels and Ant-Man, you know, and Thor, God of Love and Thunder. The other thing that's in there, too, is Ironheart. Yes. Right. Yeah. Which we're probably going to get after Black Panther. So, yeah, it is a lot of stuff. But I think that they're starting to – we're also getting Werewolf by Night. Halloween yeah, well, we're also getting What If Season 2, I Am Groot, uh, Echo. Loki Season 2. Loki Season 2, the Untitled Wakanda series that's coming out, Agatha, House of Harkness, uh, Spider-Man, Freshman Year, Marvel Zombies. I think a lot of those are late 2023, early 2024. Oh, yeah, for sure. I just... I Oh, man, there's just... There's so much. Yeah, there's, there's so, so much, much coming out. Like, do we really yeah. need Armor Wars? But I get it. Actually, you know what? Armor Wars is probably also going to – it's probably going to bleed Go right into, into Ironheart. Uh, yeah. Into Captain America 4. Oh, yeah. That's Man. true. It's really incredible what they've managed to build with all of this stuff. I know that the interconnected nature of it can sometimes be exhausting, but it's pretty It's pretty wild. I think. I don't know. It's been fun to follow along with this stuff. The only comic book movie that I did not see in the theaters ever since Iron Man was Morbius. Good for you. There was a stack of Morbius posters at my my movie theater that they could not give away. (laughs) Oh, man. They were using it to light the bars. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to seeing that when it comes out digitally. I'll I'll pick uh, it up and I'll watch it. Make it a drinking game. Just just pour pour a really big glass of scotch. Something else is coming out on that do same the, day that that's being released. Do the wine bottle challenge. I can't remember um, what it was. What is that? What is the wine bottle challenge? You just drink a whole bottle of wine. <laughs> oh. And that's how I did the Justice League. That's how it. I just did the the Justice League uh, four hour cut. I drank a whole bottle of wine probably in the first two hours, uh, and then nice. the last two hours were a ton of fun. <laughs> we did a bottle and a half of champagne for uh, Josh Trank's Fantastic Four. Oh, <laughs> no bubbles, no bubbles. Bubbles, bu- yes. bubbles get you drunk faster. That. All right, let's um let's switch gears since we're done. Oh wow, this is already two hours and five minutes. Um. Moon Knight. Let's talk about the Moon Knight finale real quick. Uh, Joey, you seem very excited to speak on the Moon Knight. What, uh, okay, all right, let's go. Moon Knight. Do you want finale. me to go first? No, no. I just want to pull it up. You know, I want to pull it up so I have the information. You... Moon Knight's Moon Knight Moon Knight episode six: Gods and Monsters. Uh, Moon Knight episode six: Gods and Monsters <laughs> details. Let's pull this oh up God. here. Uh, this was, uh, this was, uh, 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 I, I don't know. This is great radio. <laughs> uh, no, this was the climax of the series. Um, as I said last week, I was very excited for it because I thought episodes four and five really turned the series around for me. Um, really dug into the kind of Lemire iteration of the character and provided a really f- great emotional foundation for 
you know, Oscar Isaacs, Mark Spector, and Stephen Grant. Um, and everything comes to a head here in a very short episode. It's about 35 minutes. It, it's one of the shorter final episodes of the whole Marvel Disney Plus stuff. Um, I, I, I thought it was a really cool episode. All of a sudden, the kaiju fights happening. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> there's, I love Layla. Make Kalamawe's Layla has really become, was really one of my favorite characters of the whole series. And she's got some really wonderful moments in this episode. Um, that I was really moved by as we've talked about Oscar Isaac is this is an acting exercise for Oscar Isaac, this whole series. And yeah, for I sure. think that the, this episode six, you finally, everyone lets loose. The fight choreography was really stunning. Finally in this show, you've got, you get to see it, the camera work, you get to see the fight choreography, which is nice. Um, both Stephen Grant and Mark Spector get to have some really wonderful moments. Like I said, Layla gets some great moments too. Um, and then, of course, the last couple of scenes are Oops. really interesting. And the post credit scene is really interesting, too. The thing that is really cool about Moon Knight is this could be it. And to be honest, this could be it. And uh, who knows? Maybe the character will show up. But if they don't, you get a full story here, top to bottom, which I think is really, really unique for this this this. Um, franchise um but i loved it i thought it was a really cool really cool finale really cool character exploration and it got i'm going back and i'm reading more moon knight which i think is a testament to the show and that's what i gotta say about that yeah i'm with you joey i think the last three episodes particularly turned the series around for me i was enjoying it but i wasn't involved it's a lot of setting up it was very leisurely at a certain level but it really turned a corner i think once they got to the hospital setting Mm-hmm. We got really deeply into the psyches and, and whatever. And then there are people debating, did any of this really take place? Is it all just? I went, no, it really happened. But that's his way of processing what, what had happened. It, I'm now walking away from all this. And then when you got to that post credit sequence, that was crazy. We're, we're into spoiler territory? Or should I? Sh- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. Okay. Yeah, we're, 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 it's been a week. Okay, we're, we're we're now into instead of a cab. Okay, now he's driving a limo, but it's Jake Lockley with his little newsboy cap. Yeah, <laughs> it's just wonderful stuff. Ethan Hawke, we need to talk about too. He was great in this as well. What a wonderfully oily villain in the in the classic way of things. He just thinks he's right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he was putting that glass in his sandals every day? Yeah. yeah. That's why he was walking around with blood in his shoes. Man. How? Like, not, not, not a know. glass and feet this week. Yes. Yes. Yeah. requires Not a John McClain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all about, uh, you know, sacrifice. And penance. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kaiju fight? Unexpected. Unexpected yeah, kaiju awesome fight. Though. Was not expecting <laughs> that. I was like, kaiju "What the fight hell was, was fun?" I still love the. I love uh, the hippo lady Tiamat. Love her. Yes. Yeah. yeah the char- The character designs for it. this were particularly special. Um, really, really great. Yeah. It it started to get real psychological once you hit uh, episode four, and it just kind of took off from there. I loved digging into such a different part of the Marvel universe. I really enjoyed the standaloneness of it. Like they were thinking about putting a 
Kumail Nanjiani's character from Eternals in the show is kind of a cameo. And I think that that might not have been the best way to go. I was kind of glad that they didn't, that they didn't do that. But um, no, exactly. You didn't, you didn't need it. I don't know that there was time for it. Uh, Layla ended up being a, a, a surprise. Great character for me. Loved, loved her costume design. Yeah. Once uh, she kind of takes her final form. Um, I loved her, like the immediateness of her knowing how to use it, I thought was really cool. Um, and overall, yeah, it was uh, it was cool. I have to admit that I don't know that I followed every aspect of it to the letter. I think it's going to require a rewatch on my part. But overall, it felt very different from the other Marvel stuff that we've gotten so far. And I would like to see them do a few more standalone things if we're going to get something as cool as Moon Knight. Yeah. Uh, John, do you want? Do you have anything you want to add? Uh, I just I did not enjoy it as much as you. I wanted the more. I don't. I don't like Moon Knight when he devolved into this uh, Egyptian pantheon. I liked it back more when he was like investigating the macabre and horror, and people thought that his whole relationship with the the Egyptian was made up in his head. Uh, so I I think the the acting was incredible. The Oscar Isaac. I, he could win uh, the Isaacness, the Isaacness, but he could win a um, not an Academy Award, Emmy. but a Emmy for this easily by this this depiction. I just I think the story felt a little flat to me, but uh, it was still a fun six hours of my life. Yeah, it, <laughs> of your life. <laughs> it, 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 well, it was is my I, life. <laughs> I yeah. go back to what I said last week too, which was like. Nothing since WandaVision has felt like must watch, you know? Yeah. And and that's not to say I didn't love Falcon and Winter Soldier or Loki, you know, or any of these other shows. Moon Knight as well. Moon Knight's in there too. Like I, I really enjoyed Moon Knight. It's it, it's not groundbreaking, earth shattering to me. No. You know, yet. So Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, is that it? We're wrapping this up. Yeah, that was a. Yeah, was a... All right, John. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you take the mic for for a minute or two and uh, uh, deliver deliver some messages yeah. from us? Well, this one's tough for me. Um, my gateway to collecting comics are John Byrne and George Perez, and we lost an absolute legend of the industry. We knew it was coming. He's been sick for a while. Um, but I think the New York Times might have stated the best headline. George Perez, who created superhero Nirvana, dies at 67. Um, superhero comics today exist because of George Perez. The look, the feel, the aesthetic is because George Perez pushed the boundary of what a comic should look like. Um, starting in the early 70s as a, a apprentice to Rich Buckler, uh, by the late 70s, he was working on flagship titles such as the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, the Justice League, while providing just breathtaking cover after breathtaking cover. Um, by the 80s, he became the artist of DC Comics. His and Marv Wolfman's Teen Titans was must read every month. Every Teen Titan comic that has come since them has tried to be them and nothing will ever, uh, ever 
compare to those two stories. Then they had the crisis, which although destroys the multiverse, it, I don't think a man, I don't think another artist could fit so many beautiful characters on a page like he did month after month. And then his wonderful caretaking of Wonder Woman as both writer and artist and redefined Diana for the modern age. And then he moved back to Marvel for a second stint on the Avengers with Kurt Busiek, uh, redefined Earth's Mightiest Team for a new era, culminating in the JLA Avengers, which I talked about a few weeks ago, which Marvel and DC need to be putting in print continually. That is a book that should never go out of print. And all proceeds, if they want to do it, should go to some sort of cancer research. Uh, Perez branched into writing, self-publishing. His eyes began to fail him a few years ago, so he didn't do as much. And then he became sick with pancreatic cancer. I don't have time to go through all of the work. But as I was coming downstairs today to record, I just looked at all my graphic novels, and it's Perez, 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 Perez. He did so much for this industry. He did so many incredible things. There are so much work out there that everybody should take some time this week and go read some George Perez and enjoy it and be honored that we had the time and pleasure of reading and looking at his work over the years. He will be missed and that we should all raise a glass to him. I am right now, John. I agree with every syllable you just said. George Perez, if you're looking at the modern era, he is on the Mount Rushmore. He's the lead figure, as you say. And when I first introduced to his work, 75, I guess it is, he was, what, 20 years old, 21 years old, Mm -hmm. doing both the Fantastic Four and the Avengers at the same time. And stunning runs in both. And you knew you were in the presence of somebody special. Any book he did was iconic. The characters looked as they're supposed to, acted the way they're supposed to. And once he started writing, it was even more so. His Wonder Woman's the gold standard since since yeah. the Marstons. No one's come close. And as you say, modernized it, yet kept the things that worked from before. A- until the very end, his his world's finest with Paul mm-hmm. Levitz and Kevin McGuire during the, the, the new 52, I guess that's 2012, Still classic, still beautiful to look at. Even some of the oddball things, uh, his sirens that he did near the end, Mm -hmm. his his work was as good as it was. Obviously, he was always seeing out of one eye at this point. It was still George Perez, still that detail on every page. Uh, Future Imperfect with Peter David, Saxon Violins with with Peter. Uh Uh, (laughs) Little things, the Thunder Agents, whatever he went to, was something special and on top of all the work he was just a lovely man yeah i only got to meet him a couple of times and it was only in passing because if if he showed up at a con if he was at new york comic con the entire world knew they wanted to see george perez and the line was longer than anybody's involved and since he took time to speak to everyone to listen to them to hear their stories tell his a hug and a handshake I walked past him and just told him what I thought of his work, and he just made sure he got up to give me a handshake, and, and just a lovely fella. And as I sit here now, the first time I met Carolyn Coca, she had gone to a Denver Comic-Con and got me a, a Wonder Woman 1 signed to me by George. It's sitting, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at it as I speak. <laughs> 
And there's a, she sent me a picture of she and George with the book, giving, giving her just the biggest hug you can imagine. Just yeah. a legend as a creator and a legend as a human being. Everyone has great George Perez stories to tell and with really, really good reason. He's, he was the best. And he, as you say, will be very, very missed. Indeed. Thanks, guys. Um, I don't know that I have much to add other than that he'll certainly be missed and that his his work is legendary and will live on through, you know, his fans and friends. And I have quite the bit of uh, George Perez stuff in, in the basement in the, in the old vault that I got to bust out. I want to break into those Wonder Woman only oh, buy. The best. Treat mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Uh, you know, we knew it was coming, but it, it hurts certainly hurt. didn't make it any easier. And yeah. you know, legends, legend, legends live on, though. Yeah. Well, it's so. funny. It was on John Burns' site today. He, he was certainly very affected by lesson. He was just people were talking to him back and forth. And but you, you need to stay around. He's one of the last of that era. Yeah. And we we start. He he mentioned you know the people I grew up idolizing from the '60s are basically all gone. And now the people, I'm quoting Mr. Byrne, that I entered the business with as a pro, we're all leaving too. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, I saw him at uh, one of the fan expos, uh, Fan Expo Canada, one year. And I didn't go up to his table, but when I walked past him a few times, like every single time that I did, he was all smiles yeah. and just very much engaged with whoever was up there with him. And it was, it was nice to see. I felt really out of my depth. Like I was like, do I go up just to like <laughs> say I've met him? But <laughs> I'm so on. You could have, I don't have the history with, with his work, unfortunately, as, as you all do. And so I, I just, I'm, I admired from afar. There you go. Uh, let's talk about the books that we're looking forward to this week. Bob, what are you picking up? Another light week. Batgirls number six, Wonder Woman 787, because I did pre-order, but it's the regular one, so I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. Captain America, symbol of, is it symbol of truth or symbol of liberty? I, I get them confused. Symbol, symbol of, of truth. truth. Symbol of truth. Okay, that's the same book, and that comes out this week. Yep. Uh, how many more Batgirls are we getting? Uh, I, I hope not, because I'm enjoying the heck out of this. <laughs> we'll find out at we'll the last out, page yeah, of this, this week. Yeah. Continued. <laughs> next. All right. Yeah, it's going to be one of those to be concluded. Uh, Joey, are you getting anything? Joey. Yes. Joey. Uh, Batgirls number six. I'm here. Oh, there I'm he here. is. Oh, no. um, Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes number three. <laughs> Naomi number three. Uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El, number 11. Blunted Syndicate, season one, number one. Shang-Chi, number 12. Grim, number one. Seven Secrets, number 17. The Penultimate Issue. Uh, Eight Billion Genies, number one. Crossover, 13. And then the Cap the cap Book, too. Damn! We'll see how much of that I actually almost, get. But uh, yeah. I got my whole pull list. <laughs> yeah, John, what are you getting? Uh, X Men Eleven, Shang Chi Twelve, Captain America One, Superman Son of Kal Eleven, Suicide Get Joker Number Three after an eight month wait. Uh, <laughs> hey, oh, is Tom King writing that one? No, Brian <laughs> no. Azzarello and Alex Maleev. Uh, 
Justice League versus oh. Legion Superhero number three. I am Batman nine, and then Blood Syndicate number one. What's Miles this Bailey. Blood Syndicate? It's the new um, uh, Milestone book. Yeah, Chris oh, Cross. Okay. Is it? Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. Oh cool. Yeah, I should. It sounds like an Aaron list. book. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I remember. I remember talking about that a little while ago. Yeah, I they might, announced I might it check it out. And yep. don't forget, it's probably going to be on DC Universe Infinite. So yes, yes. Oh, I don't have it. That's for Aaron you out there. Don't it. buy it. <laughs> All right. Um, what do I got? I got Batgirls number six. I am Batman number nine. Jurassic League number one. <laughs> oh God! Coming out. Daniel Warren Johnson. I am all about it. He's you will definitely hear. I don't care. Okay. I will. <laughs> I will be talking about that book next week for sure. Uh, Superman, Son of Kal El, number eleven. Speaking of which, I'll have an announcement in just a minute. Uh, Captain America, Symbol of Truth, number one. X Men, number eleven. I've got a question mark next to it, but we'll see. We'll see if. Uh, what's the name of that other X Men series you want me to check out, John? Immortal X Men. Immortal. Okay. Kieran Gillen. Ah, okay. Okay, now you're talking my language. (laughs) Uh, Apparently, Blood Syndicate, number one. I'm going to check out Crossover 13, 8 Billion Genies, number one. Grim, number one, from Boom Studios. Uh, Seven Secrets, number 17. Mm -hmm. And Sweet Paprika, number nine, I think. Sure. Sure. It says 19 on my outline, but that's probably wrong. There definitely has not been 19 <laughs> issues of that series. Um, that series is amazing. It's super lewd, and I love it. Um, yeah. um, Bob, it looks like you have some closing statements. Yeah, I just want to send the Talking Comics family's condolences out to friend of the pod, Kelly Sue DeConnick, who lost her stepmom this week. Oh, yeah. Mm. All right. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, I here, here I'll, I'll I'll pick it okay, back up good. for us. Right. Come on, Steve. <laughs> um, I've been doing a couple of guest spots lately, so uh, if you want to check out our friends over at uh, Gotham Outsiders, there's a couple of episodes dropping. Uh, I did an episode with Chris and TJ for Batman: The Imposter. I believe is coming out real soon, and then Bronwyn and I got together with uh, both Chris and TJ again to talk about Superman, Son of Kal-El, a uh, series that we absolutely love. So I've been doing a reread of that. It is so, so amazing. And uh, I believe that episode is going to be coming out during Pride Month. So I will uh, send out reminders for when that's happening again. But the Imposter episode should be out soon. And it was an absolute blast to like really dig in deep to that book. Uh, it was a great conversation, and I can't wait for people to hear it. Uh, beyond that, I think that's it. Uh, next week, the special guest, regular show, special Ooh. guest. There you go. Mm. And um, we might have a couple of things coming up uh, in the coming weeks. We'll see. Starting to get back on the horse. Uh, and that's going to do it. We've reached the end of this week's edition of the Talking Comics podcast. As always, you could send us your comments or questions through our email podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. And you can also reach us on Twitter at talking comics. Bob, where can our listeners find Old you? Fashion email, Bob Ryer at talkingcomicbooks.com. Joey at Joey Bertrino. John at John P. Burkle. 
Aaron is at Aaron J. Amos. I am at dead underscore Anchorus. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Dead. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I need a nap. I need a nap so bad. Uh, yeah, I've already gone through all the stuff. Bob, uh, say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Joey. Wong. <laughs> John. No, please. Nobody die this week. I really thought that Wong was going to get it and I was going to riot. I was going to my seat I was right out from someone. its hinges. I was going to punch I someone. seriously, I was so worried about him that whole movie. And they they tried to fake us out a few times. Yep. It was at least three times where I was like. <gasps> he threw, he threw oh. his little rope and it was like, ping. And I was like, no. Yep. <laughs> when, he, when he got knocked out and his head hit that step. And oh, it's yeah. like it was resting in a weird position. I was like, yo, they broke, if they his, broke neck. his neck on <laughs> yeah. that stair, I'm going to riot. Freak out. <laughs> Thankfully, it didn't happen. Um, he's up for it, though. He said he said that if they invited him to do a Wong series, he would do it. Oh, hell yeah. So let's get on that. All right. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Be excellent to each other. And until next time on the Talking Comics podcast, to be continued. Continued.